When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Welcome to Real Jam Radio. I'm Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for the continuation of the Over Under podcast with Arturo Galetti of Basketball Numbers. This is the Western Conference portion, and the reason it had to be separated, I shall probably guess if you listen to the first part, is that we go really long on this, and we did record it in pretty much one fell swoop. It was all one night, but the other one was an hour and a half. This one's around two hours, so you have to really split that up. And if you want an explanation for some of the things that we discuss, if you feel like you're missing a little bit of context, listen to the Eastern Conference Overrunners, which came out Thursday or Friday of last week. And that gives a little bit of the background of, of how Arturo builds his models and some of the information that we work from. This episode is sponsored by Blue Apron, the fantastic food delivery service. You can go to blueapron.com slash realgm to get three meals for free with free shipping. And I definitely recommend you check it out. And as I said, this podcast is about two hours. It's a serious one, but I really enjoyed it. It's one of one of the highlights for me of the podcasting year. And it is a tradition at this point, Archer, when I talk about that a little bit. And it also helps me focus and, and fit everything together. So I hope you enjoy it almost as much as I enjoy recording it. Thanks again for coming on. Great to be on again for, for our fourth annual uh, Over Under Pod. Uh, let's get to the uh, West Conference. Yeah, and for the, for those of you that are that are listening to this, you probably who don't really know what we're doing. Maybe you, maybe you get a little bit flustered. We walk through everything at the beginning of the Eastern Conference one, so you can listen to that and, and get it. But so we're going to start with the Los Angeles Lakers. They won 17 games last year. Vegas thinks they're going to be significantly better than that because they're. if you want to bet the over on them, you could get it at 24.5, and, and if you want to bet the under on them, you could get it at 26.5. So, actually, question before we go. Uh, do you think the, the East has a shot of having better versus record than the West for the first time this century, this year? They have a chance, but I, I wouldn't expect it. It was close. It was close last year, but, like, yeah. I agree with you. I think that... The problem is like a couple of like the really good young players are in the West. 
specifically. Well, and is, Middleton and Bosch injuries really hurt them. Yeah, so I don't think the Bosch injuries that much. I think the I think more of that also the fact that I think like somebody like Carl um, Anthony Towns is in the uh, in the West doesn't help. You know, that's that's kind of. But that's we'll, we'll get we're gonna get to the T Wolves really soon. So you know this about me. So who do I think was the worst coach in professional sports last year? Mr. Byron Scott. Mr. Byron Scott, who is not coaching the Lakers anymore. Mr. Byron Scott. Who's coaching the Lakers now? Luke Walton, who could be pretty good. Didn't Walton, like, did he actually get the the longest win streak? He was close to getting yeah. the longest win streak. Well, no, they, well, they got the longest win streak to start a season. They didn't get the longest ever because I think so, I think the the Lakers have that. But the, so, they, they started the season, I think, 24-0, and that's far and away the record. So also there was a there was a there was a fun little fact for all the young Laker players. So and I and I and I play whoever who's heard this for a while knows that I play fantasy sports. Basically, when Kobe Bryant was in the game, we didn't like any Laker player, any young Laker players. When Kobe Bryant was not in the game, we loved those Laker young players because generally they were underpriced. So what that means is like if you take Kobe out of the equation, right? Really, again, nothing. I've defended Kobe for his longevity, but the last few seasons he was terrible. Last year he was not great, even though he was good this last game. But overall, the course of the season, he was just not playing well. He just, you know, you know, his leg wasn't the same. He couldn't shoot as well. It was problematic. So if you take him out of the equation, take Byron Scott's stale-ass offense out of the equation, stale-ass defense out of the equation, and you have a young core who should be better than the numbers last year, and they should also, they're also better coach. Now, Nylon Calculus has him at 22. I, I, I massively disagree with this. I I have them at 30 and 31, and I think this is an obvious over. Like at 24 and a half, this is an obvious over, and this is like this is a this is like the Charlotte. But I think this should be hammered. I think that this team is easily better than 24 win. Just on the high, we're not playing for Byron Scott anymore, and high, we don't have to like stop the offense because we're just basically funneling it to Kobe. I think this is a way better team than their numbers. They they added some talent, and I think this is an organization that's not. They're gonna want to win. Right, this is Lakers are going to want to win, so I do think that twenty four and a half. I think over on this is kind of a gift. What do you think? I like the over. I don't like it nearly as much as you, just because there's a lot of downside potential. One of the underrated parts of this is that they keep their pick if it's top three. They lose it otherwise, and it also has the spillover effect for a future year because of a pick that they have potentially owed to Orlando. So if they're on the margin, that's when they could consider tanking. Also, they don't have as much financial flexibility for next year, so it's not like, oh, well, we need to look good for free agents or anything like that. However, coaching upgrade is massive. Player, While I think the players they got aren't necessarily perfect fits, they are definitely you know upgrades in a lot of important ways. You know, Luol Deng can help them and in, in, in be a capable player for them. Mozgov is horrendously overpaid, but does add, you know, let's say depth. And, you know, the rookies last year should be better. And they played some truly horrendous lineups and players last year, and those kind of things should be a lot better this year. Again, we're talking about 24 and a half wins, right? To me, and I know that, like, you know, the projection here is 22 from, from Calculus, but I know why it's higher. And I actually think, as I said, I think the players on this team are better than their numbers last year because they were so horribly coached that you just can't. They're, they're horribly coached in a bad, like, situation for them. They really were playing on a team that really wasn't trying to win. They were trying to, you know, give Kobe a nice farewell to it. But I think there's some real talent here, so I think it's the over. So I'm assuming you're going over fade? Yeah, I'd go I'd go over fade. I think that's the best way to put it. Okay, do you like any other guys on the team for Rookie of the Year? 
Mm, I mean, Ingram has a shot, but it's not a bet that I would make because we don't know what his minutes are going to be. I assume he's going to come off the bench at least to start, and so that hurts him a lot. And, I mean, I don't think I love any of that. There's an outside-outside shot for Luke Walton for Coach of the Year if they really outperform expectations because they were so bad last year. But, you know, I don't really love anything else. I could see I could see Luke Walton winning Coach of the Year if they win 40 games. They would have to win 40 games for him to do it. And it would be basically he'd be getting the Coach of the Year he wasn't eligible for last year if he went out and did that with this team. And again, do the Lakers have enough talent to win 40 games if things break right? I do kind of think so. They have NBA-level talent at like certain key positions. They've added a lot of depth and they have some draft picks. So I do think that there's a world where like Luke Walton can win the coach of the year. I, I, I think it's the over. I, I think he would have to get to 40 wins, and I think that's a little bit of a reach for this team. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you that it's a reach. It's just something that I would consider. I wouldn't. It wouldn't be like a favorite or anything like that. I, I, I have him at 40 to one right now. Okay. Which I think, you know, at 40 to 1, I can get a couple of. I think I'd rather have. Would you rather have him at 40 to 1 or Bogle at 50 to 1? Or Steve Clifford at 50. I'd rather have Clifford. Well, Clifford. 51 I'd rather 50. have Clifford. Yeah. And I'd rather have Clifford at 51 than Luke Walton at 41. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't like any of the. And I don't, definitely do not like the division odds. And I do not like their uh, title odds either. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's Lakers 500. No. It's kind of weird that we're saying, look, no, Lakers 500 to 1 to win the division. It's a bad bet. The Lakers. There, there's a, there's a team Great. in that division that's going to be all right, so that's a problem. Yeah, it's just just it's going to be a little good, right? Uh, okay. So the next team, Phoenix Suns, massive disappointment in their year last year. They only won 23 games. There are a lot of reasons for that. Vegas thinks they're going to be better. If you want to go over, you can get it 27 and a half. If you want to go under, you can get it 29 and a half. Yeah, that number started lower and it's been moving up. The action has been on the over. It's been moving up for the last while. Malangakos has them at 24. Um, my projection has them at like anywhere from 24 to 33, which means I think that Vegas is in the right range for this team. There's some weirdness with the roster. I mean, I like the talent. I like Booker. I like Knight. I like Bledsoe. I'm not sure that I like all three of them together. I mean, do you, do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree with that. But it is good to have more talent there than less. And it's not like that trade-off means that they're bad at other positions. You know, they're not as good. But they have Jared Dudley, TJ Warren, PJ Tucker when he gets back from his surgery, Len and Chandler. You know, like, I, I think they're underrated in terms of their depth. But it's certainly, you know, not their biggest it's, strength. It's a weird ass roster. Like, who's starting power forward? Chris, Jared Dudley, they'll, they'll probably if if PJ Tucker gets back, they'll they'll probably use two of the three of TJ Warren, Jared Dudley, and PJ Tucker. So if Tucker's ready to go, maybe Tucker Dudley, otherwise Warren Dudley, and then they'll have Chris and Bender coming off the bench, maybe even together. I think there's still a trade out there for this team. I think I don't know. I mean. Uh, that number is just like if I had to like gun to my head. I mean, I like that again. I like Devin Booker. I don't know what I'm getting from Bledsoe. Ideally, you have to move either Knight or Bledsoe. I think. I just don't think they know who they want to move. Right. So unless you're willing to go three guard, it's I would go under, but I would not bet it. That's that's I just there's too many question marks for me with this team for me to like be willing to go. Either way. Yeah, think? I, I think for me, the stronger feeling is fade. Like, that means that the number is set well, and I would do that. I would lean over instead of the under, 
but it's I wouldn't bet it at all. I wouldn't touch it. Do you think do you think the coaching is better now? It's the same. I mean, well, the, so the the difference in coaching. I mean, Hornacek Hornacek got fired, so so there's that. I mean, but right. I their their overall situation has just gotten so much better because you know the Morris twin thing is done for them. There was a lot of just turmoil with that team last year, and so that kind of a thing is done. But in terms of coaching, you know, I think Hornacek was better than Watson, but Watson was their coach a lot of last year. Agree. As I said, it's a weird situation. Uh, they're in a rough conference. I think the Lakers are better than the projection, which I, means I think that the Suns are probably slightly worse in mind, which puts them just below that range. So that's why I said underpaid. And, and, and I would touch. Again, I could see it like working. I mean, let's say Len figures it out and, and they figure out who's going to play far forward, right? Then then it, then it could weirdly kind of work. They, they have some pieces. I just I don't feel good about it. So I, I think we, we move on. I think the next team is a little more interesting. They are. They're a lot more interesting, and especially considering our background with their new head coach. So Minnesota last year won 29 games. Vegas thinks they will, despite not having a huge personnel overhaul, which is another important note with this team, Minnesota expects, or I mean, Vegas expects for them to go all the way up to, if you want to bet the over, you could get 40 and a half, and if you want to bet the under, you get 41 and a half. So really, the number is 41, and that's a really, really high number. I'm going to let you start on this one. What do you think? There are some very legitimate reasons to think that they could go over this number. Carl Towns is special, legitimately special. And a lot of their players were bad defensively last year. And there's a reason to believe that Tibbs can help them a lot. Andrew Wiggins should not be as bad defensively as he has been. That's a a good example of it. And they're deeper in some ways. Like Chris Dunn isn't perfect, but as a backup one, you know, he could be a nice fit with them. But I don't think their talent is meaningful is meaningfully better other than age related improvement. Well, here's 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 the counterpoint to that. In, in kind of going with that, they were the worst team on the wing defensively last year of any team in the NBA, and I kind of took advantage of that a couple of times. And I, I'll say this: like, here's the thing: by adding so Thibs, a couple of things with Thibs is one. He's going to get them to play better defense. And this is a young team, so I think that he'll definitely get them to play better defense. I think also, you know, he's got, like, Carl Anthony Towns is good defensively. Ricky Rubio is good defensively. It was just everybody else who wasn't. But I think it's going to help with that. The other thing is, so Thibs will play this team. This team will play as hard as possible during the regular season because that is the trademark of Tom Thibodeau teams. So they will out, I would expect them to outperform their numbers and projections from based on numbers from last year, just because you know they're going to play shorter rotations, they're going to play harder on defense, and you know Thibs is just a madman. He makes them play really hard during regular. So I think it's a good fit for a young team in terms of developing, as long as you know we have a good medical staff take care of them. That said, you know, uh, uh, highly uh, nylon calculus has them at thirty. We got them anywhere from thirty-four to forty-five. That forty-five number is their post All Star break model. Like they were. They were actually a really good team post-All-Star break, and they played really well post-All-Star break. That's another thing to keep in mind. It's a young team that actually got better as the season went on. Like, Vegas put in a range that's like, it's really a bit of a reach for me. I would over, but I would never bet it. That's 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 my feel on them right now. I mean, like, because even though I think that, like, all the factors play in their favor, I mean, there's enough there's enough uh, things like Rubio getting hurt, maybe not necessarily having a good fit, Maybe they 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 think they're another year away. I'm not completely sold on Andrew Wiggins. 
because I, I really do think that Wiggins is, is is more like Rudy Gay than like you know uh, uh, like that's the player who he most resembles to me. Where like you know he's still they they feel they give him the ball too much and he, he doesn't do enough with it. Um, that said, I would as I said I would go over, but I would never ever ever better. Yeah, I, I think the exact phrase that I used on Phoenix in the first part is important, is that the fade is more important than the over-under. It's just don't bet it. Especially if you wanted to go under. Like, why would you go under on the Minnesota Timberwolves? That was just, it, all it can do is bring you pain. And if you go the over and you lose, then that's disappointing too. So, if I had to go on one end or the other, I would lean towards the over, but I absolutely would not touch this at all, and I wouldn't touch any of their other stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, if they'd been at 35, it would be a lot easier. But, sure. like, at 40, it's like, gee, ooh, no, 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 no. Again, I, do you like their division odds, 4-1? to one? No, I, I think that there is a possibility that they do it. But what you see in the Northwest is that all of these teams are pretty capable. And so when you see that, then that means you're going to probably need more wins to get the division. Like this is, I don't think 41 is going to take it here. I think somebody's going to do well. And so what would you rank them in the division this year? Mm, you could put it as high as third and as low as fifth. But I think I'd put them, I think I'd put them third. Do you think they're better or worse than the Nuggets? Probably better, but not definitely better. I think they're better. I think they're they're. I think they're clearly better than the Nuggets, right? I think the problem lies is like, okay, so let's. They're not better than the Jazz. I don't think. I, I I really don't think they're better than the Jazz. And I really, when you get into Portland and, and, and Oklahoma, both those teams, regardless, I think both those teams are better. And here's the thing: I think Minnesota is going to be better this year, and they're going to be better next year. I do still think there are some things that they have to answer. I do think there's enough bad teams there that I do think that 41 is, is, is given that they have Kawhi Anthony Towns, and given that they have Ricky Rubio, and given that they have like uh, you know guys like Gordy Dang and a bunch of other guys on the Chris Dunn's on it. So they, they have enough talent on this team, and they, they're, they're well-coached enough that I think they're going to win half the games, right? They certainly could. I mean, I, it, yeah. it, it, that's why I think we're both leaning towards the over. Well, think about it. It's, it's simplest way to say it. it's, it's the same thing. It's like it, it's 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 Tom Thibodeau is a really good coach, particularly in the regular season, with a roster that's talented and a generational player in Call of Duty Town. So that said, I mean, I'm, I'm I, that's that's where I'm coming down on. That's why I say over and but the like fade because there's, there's you know, people get hurt. I want to take a quick moment to talk to you about Blue Apron. It is a simply fantastic service. I've really grown to love it over the course of time that I've been lucky enough to have it. And while I've had some really great food recently, what I was thinking about this morning as I was thinking about what to talk about with Blue Apron was a meal I had a couple weeks ago, and that was crispy chicken tenders, roasted potatoes, and a summer vegetable salad. And the reason why is because it wasn't super complicated. Like it, it wasn't the most, you know, the nuanced thing that I've made even with Blue Apron, but it tasted great, and it was the type of thing that made me have the confidence to make it again. The roasted potatoes were excellent. I've done a little bit in the kind of frying realm, but the chicken tenders were done in a way that was more easily replicated in terms of materials and time and preparation. And this, the summer vegetable salad was an amazing example of the, of the vegetables that they put in all of their meals because they were fresh. They were really tasty, and you could put it together in a fashion that was workable and, and was a salad that they could then be enjoyed actually for a couple days, just having smaller portions of it. And that's really what Blue Apron is. It's great-tasting food that you can cook for yourself and build cooking confidence 
that is also great ingredients and local and fresh. And that's why I've become such a big fan of it is that it combines all of these things. And each one of them is the reason that some of us either go out to eat or get food to eat. And to have all three of them in one thing is truly special. And so you can try it out for yourself, which I think is the best way to understand Blue Apron. You can go to blueapron.com slash realgm and they will give you three meals for free, including free shipping. So that means you can really test this out, make some choices, and hopefully you'll love it as much as I do. I fully expect that you will. So again, that is blueapron.com slash realgm. Now back to the podcast. Okay, let's move on to the New Orleans Pelicans, one of the more interesting kind of teams in terms of everything. They only won 30 games last year. Massive disappointment for a lot of reasons. This year, Vegas expects, as I do, that they will improve. The, the If you want to go over, you can get it 35.5. If you want to go under, you can get it 37.5. Hmm. So, now Kekos has them at 37. I have them anywhere from 27 to 35. Here's why. Like, their roster is paper thin. Paper thin. Like, they've got Anthony Davis, and... I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's paper thin. I'd just say it's weak. Like, they have a lot of guys that are all right. You know, well, but they also have a lot of guys. They have a lot of guys that never like play the entire like Holiday, Tyreek Evans. They just they, yeah. they're not. Oh, Tyreek Evans is already going to be out until like, who's, December. So who, who's their starting center? It might be Alexei Ajinsa. It see that that doesn't worry you. Like it's like oh, it's, oh no, they, it worries me. Oh, it worries me a lot. <laughs> they used to have Ryan Anderson. They don't have Ryan Anderson anymore. It's like who's the second best player on this team right now? Is it Drew? Drew. And the, the, the bigger, how much the scarier thing. The scarier thing is who is the third best player on this team. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> It's like, yeah, and you start with Lance Stevenson, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and, and when you also think about that, they're probably getting a lot of time to Buddy Heald, who fits the profile of, a, a, while he could end up being a good pro, he fits the profile of a rookie that's going to struggle early, especially if they have him start, which they almost definitely will. And who thought New Orleans and Lance Stevenson was a good fit? Well, I mean, so the idea is if he can be a, a poor man's Tyreek Evans while Tyreek is recovering from his injury, yeah, I, I'm okay with that. Oh man, it's just he's, better than, he's better than Alonzo G. You know, that might be the third best player on this team. Lance uh, Galloway might be the third best player. On yeah, this team. He might be. I like Langston Galloway a lot. I like Langston Galloway too. Uh, that said, like the Pelicans are. Oh, 30... and I like Etwan Moore a lot too. Yeah, uh, God, it's just the, the rest of the roster is so bad. I love Anthony Davis. The rest of the roster is so bad, and the Southwest is so rough that uh, I'm would probably go under on this team. And I'm trying to decide whether I would play or not. It feels like I'm... But Anthony Davis has also been, like, been so fragile. I was like, they own their own draft picks, right? They do. They feel like a tanking, like a tanking candidate to me. Well, they could even... Be, they could be an inadvertent tanking candidate. You know, like, that's something that they could do. I like the over here. I wouldn't bet it because... We saw what the worst-case scenario looked like last year, and they're not so much better that you can write that off. You know, like, I don't think they're going to win 30 again, but if it was 33 or 35, you know, that, that would be totally possible. And so that means, you what? know, that, that means that it's, for me it's a fade. But I like the over because, you know, Davis didn't play a lot last year. Also, a huge difference is that Drew missed time, as he's going to do this year, because uh, his wife is is has to have surgery. Uh, she has a tumor that they're dealing with, and you know, best wishes to the whole family. But 
they can survive that a lot better this year because they actually have more point guards. You know, they ended up getting two seconds for Smith, but Langston Galloway and Tim Frazier and those kinds of things, like, and Etwan Moore can run the offense for a bit's time. So I think they can handle that a lot better than they could. And while there aren't many spots where they, you know, where they got a lot better other than that, I think they'll be above water. And they got some, like, they have a lot of, let's call them, lottery ticket guys like Terrence Jones like I, I'm not sure Terrence Jones is going to be good but I also think that it's almost impossible for him to be worse than he was last year for the Rockets so if one or two of those guys work out then yeah you get back into the 38 40 win range if, if 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 how many minutes do you think Anthony Davis put last year I do I honestly do not know 2,200 uh, 157 minutes he played so basically he wasn't he maybe was like 100 off what he played in 2015 and like yeah, uh, maybe. And, that, and that's a huge concern because when he's on the floor, he's he can be an MVP level player. But if it's only going like, to be twenty one hundred a game, a twenty hundred a season, that's not enough. He didn't miss that much time. To what is his historical average? Is the point I'm making. So maybe the like if he plays, and he's also playing center a lot, which is the the, the bigger problem. Is like he, they were playing him at a center, not the four, because they don't really have a four. And that actually hasn't gotten better unless you're going to play Anthony Davis and Terrence Jones at the same times. With Salmon Hill, oh God, or maybe Sakra, oh. Oh, good lord! You know what? I feel the under, and I'm really, te- I'm really tempted to go play on this because it's just, <sighs> wow! It's really close, though. I wish it, it was a thirty-eight and a half. I would bank. You know what? I'm just going to go play. It's good. You conservative. You conservative. I'm like, you know, I'm letting it. I, I think there's enough. I, I actually think that if I had to pick a coach to get fired, uh, who's the coach of the Pelicans? Alvin Gentry. Yeah, he, I would he, say he, could, Gent- he could absolutely get fired early. Certainly. I, I kind of feel like. Alvin Drenton can get fired early. And, and this is not wishing. It's just like that roster just looks like a mismatch to me. It just doesn't It just doesn't look like something that's going to work. And it's the I – would, I would argue that the South – that they're playing in the toughest conference in the league. Would you agree with that? Toughest division? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I, I think you can make that argument because there could be no bad teams – which is certainly a, a huge positive in terms of its strength. Yeah, I think it goes. I think it goes. Oh, it's hard. It's. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. Here's the thing. I think the Pelicans might be a playoff team if they were in the right in the right division. I just think they're in the wrong one. I'm, I'm not sure the division makes that much of a difference, but the conference does. Yeah, I think schedule wise, they're, they're just in a bad spot because I don't think they have they have Anthony Davis, but they don't have enough talent around them. Like, their second-best player and the third-best player would not be the second and third-best player on the majority of the teams in the league. And that's a real problem, particularly since Davis is going to play out of position, and Davis is going to get... He's going to play 2,100, 2,200 minutes because that's just who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not... And particularly, I think part of this is that he's being asked to play out of position, and he's taking a pounding, and that's actually kind of figuring into this. So... I have to go under and and play because in essence I'm saying look I'm <laughs> I'm fading Anthony Davis and, and guys who, who play DFS will know what I'm saying I'm I'm and you you, you if fading Anthony Davis is not saying that play. like also like we know that like like he was I mentioned this I think I mentioned this earlier I don't know if you mentioned in the podcast but like you could tell the difference when they lost Ishmith like Ishmith was a was a guy who the skill is running the pick and roll for big men. And really, the guys we have on the team are not great at running the pick and I mean, I haven't. I don't know how Galloway and Anthony Davis is going to look. If that works, that could be a thing. But they don't have a guy who's who's that guy who's going to run the pick and roll with him. And I think that's that they need to get that guy. Right? They don't they don't have the guy to play off Anthony Davis. So 
again, if I if I had to take a bet on the on on the Pelicans, I would take the under, and I would take uh, Alvin Gentry as first coach to be fired. And yeah. I'm writing that down. Yeah, I I could definitely see that. There, the first coach fired is actually going to be. It's a weird crop this year because a lot of teams changed over, and so you never really expect that to happen there. And a couple of the coaches in shaky positions got re-upped. So yeah, the, I I think Gentry is as good as as good as any. But we'll move on to Denver. Doesn't fire him and hire Byron Scott. That's oh good. Lord! So Denver won thirty three games last year. They Vegas thinks they are going to be you know pretty similar. If you want to go, if you want to go over, you can get it at thirty three and a half. If you want to go under, you could get it at thirty six and a half. What do you think? I like the over. I, I I'm a believer in Denver because they have they they had some issues last year. So Jokic played less minutes than I thought he did, or fewer minutes than I thought he did. Wilson Chandler was out for the whole year. We don't really know what's going to happen with him. And, you know, Gallo and Moutier, like Moutier, so from the first half of last year, was one of the worst players in the league. Maybe the yes. worst player in the league. And he got a lot better. And so... There, if, there, was, no, there was no maybe. He was the worst player. Well, no, Kobe was still in the league. Kobe so. was still in the league. So yeah, there's maybe. So, yeah. so he was horrendous last year, and then he got a lot better. He, so so that deserves a lot of credit for that. You expect that. And while Jamal Murray is going to be a part of the rotation... He, you know, he. I think he could do well as a rookie. He's going to have a limited role, and they have a lot of depth. Like this is an underrated team in terms of the amount of quality NBA players they have. Would you play? Yes. Okay. So it's you not, like the it's not my most enthusiastic play, but I would play it. I, I think that they're going to do well. I also think Malone is a good coach for them, and they're, you know, if the other when you think about a team like the Nuggets that is young, you also want to think about how the season was representative. And Nurkic, his rookie year was very good. And last year he was recovering from injuries and took a big step back. So if he is better I, than he was, that would be a huge help too. I, I like Jokic. I like a couple guys with him. I think it's a good young roster. They've been hurt. Uh, I like Mike Malone. That said, I, I like the over, but I wouldn't play. Yeah, but remember also their home court advantage. If, if they pushed a little bit, I think that could be a huge help for them. I, I think they're going to win like, you know, 36, 37 games. Like that's where I, I think they're yeah. going to be. That is something. I mean, if they push pace, that that does help. But I mean, again, I like the over. I just wouldn't play it. Yeah. I just again because they still they still might decide they want one more player, right? So they're still kind of in the spot where like they could just you know they they're really young. They could core. tank. They absolutely could tank. Right. And 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 I think they're it's a smart enough organization. Where they can just like you know I think let's let's develop a little more. I mean, the, the, because their core is really like Moody and jo- and Jokic, right? And that's. And maybe they trade Gallinari because I don't necessarily think that Gallinari, even though like uh, Nuggets fans don't get mad at me, but I don't think that Gallinari fits with the time frame they're looking. He's a, he's a little on the older side, and also he he's been on teams that have haven't really been competitive for a while now, and he could have that itch, and he might be one of the best wings on the market. So if he's yeah, getting, I think I think you know if Boston comes calling with the same money that they're you know with the same money the Nuggets have, that could be hard for him to turn down. I think Gallinari and Farid, who were particularly Farid, who was like a bad contract a couple of years ago, maybe. I think now with the current salary situation, that's actually not a bad contract now at that price. And I think it's both those guys hor- are guys. It's not horrible, but I think Gallo's much better. And I think Gallinari, I've I've tried to I've fake traded him to every team in the top end of the Eastern Conference for a couple of years now because he makes sense with them because he can handle the ball a little bit, but he doesn't have to be the primary. Like I've thought about him yeah, with particularly- LeBron forever. I think it, with with Will Barton, yeah, that's a good uh, like with Will Barton and Chandler and Dar Arthur and a couple of the other guys in Nurkic. I think that Fareed and Gallinari 
could get moved this year. I, I, that's that's my feel for the team. I think they might just be a guy, a team that's more on the trader. I think they want to. Yeah. I think they want to move Fareed. I think Gallo. It'll depend on circumstance. Yeah, Fareed. He's interesting. I think he would be really good in the right situation, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, exactly what the situation is 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 a little rougher to think about. I'm trying to think of like the the contenders who would be. Like, hmm, would he work in San Antonio? What San Antonio? Well, I don't think they'd want to. There are a lot, a lot of the teams where he would make sense. They don't want to commit that long-term salary because they still have some flexibility. Like San Antonio wouldn't trade for him because of the salary they have to give up and and who and the commitment that they would make to him. So I I don't I think it'll be hard to move him this year, but they can trade him during next offseason if they want to. Would he work in Charlotte? His defense isn't good enough. I don't think I I think that he he doesn't bring enough to their table. Like. You know, like I was, I have thought about him before as being the backup center in Atlanta. That's one that I've tossed around before, where they don't really need that rim protector, shot blocker, but he would help their rebounding. But they're not going to give up. Really, the only way they would do that is just as a salary dump. Like let's say Tiago Splitter or Shaky again, just to kind of clear that money. They could do something like yeah, that. Yeah, that might that that yeah. It's got to be somebody like. Could he work in New York for Derek? Well, I mean, that would basically would be a salary dump for Derek Rose. No, I, I don't think they would do that, especially because point guard is such a position of need for the Knicks. I, I, I you, sincerely doubt it. You realize Derek Rose's expiring contract is going to be a thing on the trade machine this year. It will be a thing in the trade machine, but they that again gets into the idea of why thing people enjoy fake trades, but the real trades don't happen. Is that they invested in him and they did that? The Knicks are not trading Derek Rose, probably, like almost definitely. <laughs> But it's but, but it's a fun trade machine thing, you know. I'm, I'm sure you'll have a big passion for it, but we can save that for another time. So you're are you where, where are you on this? Because I said I'm I'm over and playing it, and I, are are you under? Are you over and fading it? I'm over and fading it. I mean, okay. I like it, but I do I do think that there's things that could going to happen with this team. I think they're gonna they're gonna move some pieces. I think they're they're tank they're tank candidate, and I think I mean I I think that there's still a couple pieces away, and they're, they're, it's a really young team. Like I, I think they'll be fun, and I think they'll be good in a couple of years. I don't. I just don't think this is the spot for them yet. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. And, and Vegas, Vegas did a good number at setting the line. It's a little. It's a little on the high side for my guys. If it was like maybe a couple wins lower, I'd like it. Like thirty-one. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to a team that has that number. Sacramento. They won thirty-three last year. If you want to go over, you can get it thirty-one and a half. If you want to get it under, you can get it thirty-three and a half. Oh God. The Sacramento Kings. So Malachi has them at 35. I have them anywhere from 34 to 39. Man. Jaeger's coaching them now, right? Yep. And he'll be, Jaeger's going to do it probably because Carl was just so tumultuous last year. What? So, okay. This is going to sound weird. I think the expected value for the Kings is the same or maybe a little higher than the Nuggets. But while I would play the Nuggets over, which is a little bit higher, I would fade the Kings over. And there's a very specific reason for it. And I think you can probably guess what it is. Boogie getting traded? They're Boogie getting traded. And then there's a secondary one, which is their point guard situation is just horrifying. Because, you know, Darren Collison is not a great like- starting point guard and is probably going to get suspended because of his domestic violence thing. I, I like I like Darren Collison more than... The- I think Darren Collison is a competent point guard. That's the situation. And then you get into Garrett Temple, Jordan Farmer, and Ty Lawson. Not, oh, exa- not exactly a murderer's row. And... The, and they and also have is, the weird is, stuff with Rudy Gay, and they have a lot a of players. The team with Darren Collison, Ty Lawson, Rudy Gay, Matt Barnes, and Boogie Cousins mm-hmm. on the same roster. 
that this is kind of an interesting collection of characters. It is. And so you have that kind of just absolute train wreck possibility. And then you also have this, this understanding that depending on how pragmatic they are, that Rudy Gay has already said that he doesn't want to resign and he's an expiring contract because he has a player option, which he'll decline. And Boogie, you know, has two years left at this point and we, we haven't heard anything from him. He's actually been, I, I would say that's been kind of to his credit that he hasn't really agitated at all. But if they trade either one of those guys, they don't real. They're probably going to be doing it for future assets, especially when you consider that they owe, you know, that they owe us to the Bulls and that they owe a uh, a future first to the uh, to the Sixers. They owe an un- their twenty nine twenty nineteen unprotected. That if they move those players, while you could see them looking short term, there it's very realistic, especially when you consider how good Demarcus Cousins is, that they will be downgrade in the present. And so that I, possibility means that I want to fade their over. You're over and you're fading. Yes. Okay. I'm not a huge Boogie fan. Or like I haven't been a fan of Boogie in this situation because it's too inconsistent. Now, basically, the Nalan Kalkos is at 35. I'm anywhere from 34 to 39. So I'm on the over side with this team. Isn't the Lakers the most natural fit for a trade partner for these guys? Now, I, I, it's hard because they they just got Mozgov. I mean, if they if they end up cutting bait, not cutting bait on him, meaning he's included in the trade, but if they end up realizing, oh God, he's not our guy, then the Lakers make a lot of sense just because they he's a, I think they would expect him to resign, and they have a lot of you know young dudes on their team that Sacramento might like. So yeah, the Lakers yeah, the be, Lakers are, are in the like... mix, especially now that my belief and you know this team as well as I do that. I think Boston is not out of it, but a lot less interested than they were before because of getting Horford. So that, yeah, hurt, and that I hurts think, I think Boston's the less natural trade partner. I think Boston's out of it. I think that the logical trade partners, well, there's the logical trade partner, then there's the Ill- Ill- illogical ones. I would say the logical one is the Lakers. The illogical one is probably the Bulls and maybe like... Maybe the Magic? Uh, maybe the Clippers are the two illogical partners I could come up with. The, because, I, I mean, the, the crazy thing I mean, with, with Boogie is you could throw dramatic. a lot of illogical trade partners out there. I mean, Phoenix it, it, is a team that I could see trading for him as well. Yeah, but I think it would be something like it would either have to be Blake or it would have to be Butler or, or it would have to be obviously some package of the Lakers Young or like something with Aaron Gordon. Like these are the names that I come – like you'd have to get somebody who's who's, who's a guy who – who could arguably be, like, a top thing. I mean, if they did a bull trade, that would be dumb for both sides. But, I mean, but I think that, yeah. I mean, I think Boogie's probably in play. So, again, I like the over for this team based on the stats, and I would fade it because I don't know exactly what this team is going to be. It's the it's Kings. I don't know what the hell they're going to be, like. Uh, like again, I like Jorger, but I think the thing is, like, Jorger might get into, like, you know, we just need to move. Boogie. But the problem is, like, you know, that this is not the first coach that's gone in. Like, the first respected, he's not the first respected coach who'd be going in and said, like, oh, we need to move Boogie. I think Carl Pride said the same thing. And he did. He tried think, to trade him. Yeah, and Malone said the same thing. So, like, here's the thing. Like, all these Hall of Fame coaches, well, there's a reason I'm not, like, he, he he's inconsistent. He He's not as productive as he seems. And, like, these all these Hall of Fame coaches don't want to coach him. So, huh. At some point, you know, again, um, it's also how do I feel about the, the 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 Kings front office, and I don't feel good about the Kings front. Office. Even though I like the over because I think it's a way low number, I get why it's there because the Kings front office is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Do you like any of their? No, we don't like no. a few of the year guys. Well, I mean, yeah, and you don't want any of that. Yeah, they don't have any of that kind of stuff. So yeah. the Utah Jazz, a team that you and I both like, they won forty games last year, which was in some ways a, a pretty significant disappointment. Though that was more because of that pushed them out of the playoffs as opposed to being in it. Vegas thinks they will be better. They you need to the over would be forty four and a half wins. The under would be forty seven and a half wins. And you know, that's a big number. I think we can't discount that. It's a lot like Minnesota where it's like we like them, but it's you know, that's winning a lot of games and it's winning more than they have recently. But I would play the over. Yeah, no, this is my Charlotte for me. I mean, um the Nalakakas has number forty six. Um I have anywhere from 46 to 51. The weaknesses this team had got addressed. They went out. They they got George Hill. They got Joe Johnson. Boris Diaw. I think that, you know, even though, like, in the depth chart, I mean, you can go George Hill, Hood, Hayward, Favors, Gobert. You can go, you know, you can throw Bobo at the, at the four or the, or the three in, in periods. Joe Inglis is good. They're, uh, too like, deep at every, they're too deep at every position and three deep at some. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into the Dante Exum arguments. Like, I, I, I've yet to see evidence that Dante Exum is an actual NBA player. But hey, they addressed that by going out and getting George Hill. Who exactly. Like, if, if he's your backup point guard, I don't think you're, that's too big a deal, especially when you have so much creation on the wing. You know, Alec well, I mean, Burks can create, Rodney Hood can you create, basically, Gordon Hayward. Now you can have George Hill. You have George Hill, and you need to get a backup point guard from either Shelvin Mack. Dante Esselman and Roll Neto. That's yeah, doable. fine. I mean, and you got Hood who can go in. I mean, I really like this team. Uh, I think even like at the depth that they have right now, the Jeff, I like Jeff Whitey. I think this is a really obvious over, and this is an obvious over in a play. I mean, I I I, I feel like you know there was a worst case scenario last year, and they had the weaknesses. They addressed all the weaknesses they had. I feel like this team, like forty four and a half, feels just you know that's that this team without doing anything was probably five wins better than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Right. I, yeah, right. they're they're also a weird team that we both really like the over, but their division, conference, and title odds aren't that great. But that's mostly because of the Golden State Warriors. Ah man, they're in the Northwest, so they're with Portland and OKC. Their division odds are wow. They're really are they really lower than the Christ? They're, I'm seeing worse division odds for them than than I am for the. Apparently, they're really popular this year. I'm only they are. 3. They are. People really, you know, the sharp. I think the sharps are on the Jazz this year. The sharps on the Jazz. I think the over is a really smart play for them. I think what's really interesting is, and I mentioned this before, Quinn Snyder for Coach of the Year. I think is fifty to one. Yeah, that's that's, a, they, that's certainly a decent bet. That's that's where I would. I don't I like that more than the over, though. I like the over. No, better. Quinn Snyder is sixteen to one. By the way, sixteen. Oh, 16. Oh, yeah, I definitely like the over better than Quinn. Yeah, I like, I think we both, I like, I like Quinn at 16 to 1 quite a bit, I think, because I think that, like, this team has, like, two years ago, they looked like they were going to be the, the team that was going to come up and challenge the Warriors. They got hurt last year. They had some weaknesses at point guard. I think they addressed that. I think I would be unsurprised if they emerge as, like, the Warriors' main rival this year. I really would. I mean, I think they're the team that, out of the, bunch in the west that can emerge they have they have the talent to actually play i don't think they can beat them but they have the talent to to give them a series right based on um, based on you know they got gobert i think favors favors gobert is great uh defensively and again i like that they added george hill and joe, joe johnson can do things he might be old but he can go ahead and like he can he can make you work for it he can do things that are hard to guard so i think that this is a really solid team that's really deep and i really like them yeah I do too. Houston Rockets won 41 games last year, 
took the eight spot from the Jazz, ruined our hearts because that Jazz Warriors series would have been awesome. The, yeah. Vegas expects a small, small, small upgrade. So you, if you want to go over, you get it forty two and a half. You want to go under, you get it an identical forty two and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the number. There was not a lot of uh, movement. There, there. We think they they had a terrible coach last year. Do we do agree? Or the coach was just not a good fit for the talent. Coach, coach was not a good fit for the talent. They also had, you know, a lot of those worst case scenario things in terms of fit, in terms of chemistry and everything like that. I will play the over on the Rockets again, and they will, they might burn me again. But basically when you th- you think about last season, and this is a great team for this theory for me, and this is a lot like why I bet the over on Charlotte last year. It was such a bad circumstance for them, and they won 41 games. All they have to do is be two games better than that. Unless Harden gets hurt, you know, they have better surrounding talent. The the fit is better. The coach is far superior. They have more variance because of their insane offense. So, you know, it's not the best bet, but I'll play the over there. Yeah, I think so here's the thing. So Mike and Tony gets into town, right? They went out and got, I, I like Capella. They went out and got Nene. They went out and got Ryan Anderson. They went out and got Eric Gordon. And if you look at it as, okay, so this is a, Mike and Tony team, seven seconds or less. They're gonna they're gonna play fast. They're gonna shoot the hell out of it. They got us. I mean, Ryan Anderson's a perfect stretch for. I think Capella is actually, you know, he, he was his rim protection numbers are comparable to Dwight. So I do think that like they didn't get weak there. They got Nene, who's a flexible centering, and they're getting him as a backup. I mean, Ariza can play stretch four. Harden can slide from the one to the three. It's if Eric Gordon gives them anything, I think this is a really, really. They're gonna be able to shoot. Right? They're, they're going to be nights where they're going to shoot people out of the building. This is going to be a really fun team. I definitely want the over on this team. I definitely are going to play it. Because, I, again, I, I think it's just one of these things where like you're looking at it and like, I think the talent that they have is kind of perfect. Yeah, right? it is. For, and and I could see them there. I, I think you might remember this from last year about the idea of, you know, like betting the over, but somehow trying to short their playoff run. Like, I think that they're going to I think that they'll do better in the regular season and then flame out in the playoffs because teams can scout them and, and do their weaknesses. But they're a great regular season team because they would be so hard to prepare for. I think Clint Capel is a really talented player. He's been really good or he's been, you know, good in, in stretches. I think Mike D'Antoni is a really good fit for his set because I think he can do things, and I think it's going to be really interesting what D'Antoni is going to do with him. As I said, I like the way that roster, like remember I said, like the Bulls don't quite fit. I think this roster fits perfectly, particularly if Beverly's healthy. Then it, it's a really kind of interesting kind of set of pieces. Like there's, and, and, and as it gets even more exciting, if like Eric, if Eric Gordon's like anything. Then, then, then you can run some really crazy lineups out there, and I think Mike Antonio. So I think this is a really good. It's gonna be one. It's gonna be a fun team. I like the over. What do you think of the division odds for them? Twenty to one. I like them. I, I don't love it. I probably wouldn't bet it. But twenty to one. I mean, basically, what you're betting on is let's say they win forty eight or something, or forty eight to fifty fifty two. Let's say, and that the Spurs fall off because they they could this year. We'll talk about that later. Twenty to Where one you- is a good payoff. Where would you rank the Rockets in that division? Second. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm exactly the same place. Even though they lost White, the guys they brought in, the coach they brought in, 
I like Capella, so I would rank him second. And well, basically, and they're, and, they're, and they're deep. Other than Harden, who's indispensable, you know, they have a lot of guys that are that are useful and that can that can work. And D'Antoni is one of the best coaches in the league at cycling through like low end guys to make it work. Like he he deserves a lot of credit for that on those terrible Lakers teams that he made a lot of guys look good and made them a lot of money. You know what I really, really, really like? Please tell me it's not their conference odds. No, 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 not that. Harden MVP. I love the Harden MVP. Uh, Harden MVP is he is getting twenty-five to one. You're getting James Harden. That's not bad at all. You're getting you're getting James Harden in a Mike D'Antoni offense. He might put up forty a night. He he might have some ridiculous like, and they might have more wins than the Thunder too. Like he might be doing it on a team that does better than OKC, and that would help his argument as well. I could totally see Harden going out playing 38 minutes a, guy, a night in that offense, like putting up 35 points, like 10 assists, and like you know, like there's no Dwight. When there's no Dwight, he gets like eight or, or seven or eight rebounds. Yeah, like, I throw, I'd throw I actually, twenty. I throw twenty bucks on that. No problem. I, I I think I think that that Harden at 25 to one to win the MVP is my favorite MVP bet. I think there's like it's it's not even close because again, you're getting you're getting like he's gonna put up like video game numbers in this offense there's a real chance he does that and like there's no clear favorite and like this team could win could be 10 games could be 10 games better in a crazy offense in an open year and he he was he finished second you, you know years what ago. you know what it would be the parallel to right what steve nash's nash. first mvp yeah yeah maybe even a second but i would say more his first than a second mike Antonio might be crazy enough to play him at the one straight up at the one and like no, it might, which it might actually did. be better for him because he'll engage on defense you play him at the one, then play uh, play uh, either Eric Gordon or Patrick Beverly at the two. Makes, well, yeah, if Patrick Beverly, if Patrick Beverly's well, he, the offense is going to run through Harden no matter what. That's what happened last year too. So the the one two distinction is only about who he guards. And what I expect it will be is that when he plays with Beverly, Beverly guards the better guy, and when he plays with Gordon, they figure it out. Do you like the MVP? Yes, I do. I might like I might like that better than the over, but I like both of them. It, 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 they're both they're both good bets. Yeah, I mean, like he's gonna like he's gonna put up like crazy. I think he was like the Harden was extremely good at OKC running the second team offense. Like, well, when and, they, and he was when good. They ran I back, mean, the Rockets last year had a top ten offense, and they had a lot of guys that didn't make sense, and they're going to be way he, better this year. And he was actually better when you took when he when he when he the lineups where he played without Dwight, he was insane. Like nights where he played without Dwight, he was insane. You take that, you put it into a fast paced offense with guys who were like as I said, Ariza can play small ball. There's a bunch of guys who play small ball. I think Harden twenty five, like Harden, is mispriced at twenty five to one. I agree with like, you. Like I, if I could get if I, if I get odds for Harden to top three the MVP, right? Like I'd, oh yeah, would, if you could get top three. Let's say you could get that at like ten to one or five to one. I'd do it. Bet the farm on bet the farm on that one because like he's just gonna put up like crazy, crazy, crazy numbers, and and I think that's he's yeah. Like, and we, and we've seen like, with other guys that you can get. Especially if the goal is top three, you can be all offense, no defense, and get there no problem. That's not an issue. Yeah, we've seen an all offense, no defense guard get the MVP with an NBA system before. Yeah, right. So I think that's so. So, so again, we both like the Rockets. Actually, I think and I think the Rockets are going to be like a really fun league fast team. Like we're going to see like games they might be they might be the most fun league pass team if we're excluding you know the Warriors because they're going to be on national TV most of the time. I think like if any game between the Warriors and Rockets or the or the the Rockets and the Blazers 
or any of those teams in the Kings is just going to be in. Oh, actually, not the Kings this year. They're not this. But like any of those three teams is just going to be an insane. Well, you like, know, you know what team is going to light them up too is the Clippers because like yeah. where are you going to put James Harden? You know, all those kind of things, and where the Rockets defenders are are situations that don't really matter for the Clippers. I think that that Rockets Clippers could be one of the most fun games of the year. Well, I mean, like uh, they do a lot of ball denial to slow them down, so it's a little bit like. But yeah, no, I, I got what you're saying. Yeah, I, but, I mean, you can't do. Yeah, I think it'll be so much fun. We're gonna we're com- we're coming up to we're we're gonna come up with some of these teams where like we're gonna hurt people's feelings. I think. Eh, we'll see. Okay, Dallas. They won forty two games last year. They you know they got washed out of the playoffs. So they did win that weird game against OKC. Vegas thinks they'll be worse. I agree. They're over. If you want to go over, you can get it at thirty nine and a half. If you want to go under, you can get it at forty two and a half. To me, I will start that those are that's a really good line. Like that's too good to bet. Yeah, it's it's. I've got them uh, like um, so. The Malin Gaga says them at forty one. The three year prediction has them at forty seven. Uh, but post All Star break has them at thirty six. This is a team that's decaying like cheese right now. They're they're old. They're really really old. And I don't know that. I mean, you know, the, the additions that they got are interesting. They overpaid massively for Harrison Barnes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> they, they they wind up with with Andrew Bogut too. Uh, let me ask you this straight out: Do you think the Dallas Mavericks are better than the team they are better than last year? Mm, I think if, at full strength, yeah, I think at full strength they are better. But the chances that they are full strength are extremely low, considering they have so many guys that have so much baggage. So, like the analogy I do is you use cheese. For me, it's like milk that's five days past the expiration date. So you're sitting there and you're like. You know, most of the time that's probably okay. You know, you're you're right in that range where you're you know you're doing that, but you have to be ready for to open that thing and just wish that you had never breathed in like that. That's a very, there's always that possibility. Also, you and I both love Rick Carlisle, so that's the other reason why I wouldn't bet this is on pure talent. I'd have them a little under this. My worry is I think Dirk might be done. You know, as much as I respect how much as I love him, they were coming up a little bit by going to center with him, but you can't really do that with Boga and like. So, like, if you're if you're basically going to Quincy Ace or Dwight Powell, right, and then you're going to have, or, well, maybe you slide uh, Harrison Barnes over to the four and, and Wesley Matthews over to the three, and then run Seth Curry at the, at the two? Is that the answer? Uh, yeah, their bench units are going to start two point guards. I... Not their starters. I mean, I would, I would go with the under on this team, but I would fade it simply because I respect... Listen, I respect Rick Carlisle well too much. Yeah, I, I, I fade the under too. I, I think the, I, I think it's the under, but I mean, I, I think that they're they're gonna be like like if you bet this, you would be sweating it to like the last game of the season. Is my expectation? Don't bet it. Don't bet it. Don't bet any of their stuff. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, if you bet it, I'm pretty sure they'd be like at 40 wins with like with like three games left, and you're like, oh god, are they gonna actually win these three games? Because like I mean I don't know their schedule, but I'm betting they're getting like San Antonio, New Orleans, and like Golden State in the last three games. You're, you'd be like, oh crap. They just need to win one out of three, and I don't think they're going to do it. Ah, they're going to play all these playoff teams. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, oh, fade the fade the under. Fade the, yeah, we both agree. I mean, like eventually, it's it's going to run out on them, and like you know, you're also relying on Deron Williams and like Devin Harris. So it's it's 2016, and you're relying on it's actually 20, it's going to be 2017. You'll be relying on Deron Williams, JJ Ray, and, and Devin Harris as your as your point guards. It's, 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 that's kind of scary. As much as I like JJ, but JJ's just not the guy you want backing up the on as much. Yeah. Ugh. So let's move to Memphis because none of the other Dallas stuff is good. Move to Memphis. 
They won 42 last year in what was a, a very bifurcated season. You know, they were pretty good when they were all healthy, and then they were the train wreck once they lost everybody. They added Chandler Parsons. Vegas thinks they will be better, but not a ton better. 44.5 if you want to go over, 45.5 if you want to go under. Cheese. Remember my analogy about cheese. Uh, we've been talking, I think we've consistently been talking that, that, that this team was on the old side of the curve. And they went out and made... Is Mike Conley, when he signed his contract, he was the highest paid player in the NBA. I think now he's still the is. second No, I think, didn't LeBron get a higher contract? Well, no, so so what Conley has is total value. Conley. Yeah, no, I mean, I like Conley, but I wouldn't, I would, I would never pay a guard the, 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 the highest contract. I, I would have let him walk, actually. As much as I like him, I don't think they, I don't think Memphis in that market could afford that contract, right? As, because they're, 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 like, he's worth more to another team than he is to them. In terms of style, but that's this is me. And, and and if I look at their lineup, it's it's Conley, Allen, Parsons, Zach Randolph, and Marcus All. What are the chances that all five of these guys played more than two thousand minutes? Twenty percent, maybe even less. Yeah, it, it's it's it, it's just fragile. I think they downgraded coach. Yeah, Jaeger did a good job. So here's here's my big thing. I'll I'll, I'll lay this out there. I liked Memphis's off season in the sense that. They were always going to be on this downward trajectory, and they did. They, it's not like them having cap space a year or two from now was going to do anything. So why not, you know, take the risk on on Parsons and all that? But there's a very real chance it blows up in their face. And what has really soured me on their season is that their backup point guard is horrifying. I mean, so you have Wade Baldwin, who's a, a rookie, who's you know didn't really show that much at Vandy. Then I think it's Andrew Harrison, who's just not that good. And, you know, some people say, oh, well, they'll play Chandler Parsons and they'll stagger their minutes. And so there are two things with that. One is, sure, they possibly could, but you only have two guys who can run your offense. So that means that if either of them gets hurt, you're completely screwed. And the other part is when you are relying on a coach to make the decision to stagger his starting three and his starting one, that is one of the more dangerous bets you can make in the league because most coaches just don't do that. Yeah, and and, and as I said, I mean... I don't, again, they're too old, and their depth is kind of scary, too. I mean, Tony Roden, Vince Carter, James Ennis, and Brandon Wright. Well, I like Jermichael Green. I like Brandon Wright when he can play. You know, like, there are That's guys... A, no, I, I, I like Troy Daniels. I don't know if you do, but but it's not enough. You know, like, if those guys, those guys are okay as backups, but if anybody gets hurt... Then that's a problem, and they have a starting lineup that I just said has a twenty percent chance of playing everybody playing two thousand minutes. No, no, as I said, it's like I, I liked I, I talked badly about Chris Anderson at one point. It's like it's not that I don't like Brandon Wright. I like Brandon Wright. He just he just it's the same thing with like Tyson Chandler and Phoenix. It's like I don't you know at this point I don't trust them to stay on the court, right? So you're going to put a ton of minutes on on Marcus All, and you you're going to rely put a ton of minutes in Zach Randall and Tony Allen, and you're like, you know, at this point, that's just not reasonable for you in the West. I mean, that's, I mean, I kind of, you know, the numbers at 45, the Valley Cup is 39. I have them anywhere from 38 to 42. And again, this assumes health, and I think that's a really large assumption for this team. I expect, like, you know, the, this team is going to have problems staying on the court. And, and again, I kind of think there's a chance that they blow it up. Don't you? Usually when a team spends the way they did this, this summer, you don't usually see that. And they actually do owe their pick protected to Denver, but the problem is that it's top five, and that's probably too narrow to really push it. Because if, if you have top five protection, you basically have to get into the bottom five records. 
and that's probably too far for them unless unless it falls apart in the first 20 to 25 games. I'm actually going under on this team and I'm playing it. I'm going to do the same. But it's my because it's I, it's the it's the one in at least in the west I would have to think about it overall that is on the closest on the margin between play and fade. Like it's it's tough but I would play it. It's 45 and a half, man. That's that's the that's the part that like wow, that's that's a ton of respect for this. Yeah, I mean, I they won fifty the, a lot of years in a row, even when they were outperforming their, you know, point they were outperforming their point differential. But this is a different team, and there are so many reasons to believe that, you know, that guys are going to get hurt and that they'll underperform from even a health perspective, but also from a basketball perspective. I mean, if yeah, Mark they, if Mark isn't what he was before his injury, they're screwed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and this is nothing against Mark. It's just at this point, it's 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 kind of like you know, it's it's it's, it's age. You know, Vince Carter. You know, Tony, like, these are just guys who, like, you just, they're just on the wrong side of the curve. And I think that, like, you know, I feel like it's going to be transitional year. They've changed coaches. So, I mean, I have to say under, play it. I could be wrong, but, like, this team has looked like it's it's it's, it's gone past its best moment the last few years. And this I is don't, not I, a new and, thing to say. And as is often the case when we talk about a team that we want to go under, you know, go under on, don't play the division, don't play the conference, don't play the title. Yeah, yes. Like, there's nothing there that you like. Yeah. No. Yeah. Portland Trailblazers won 44 games last year, finished with the conference's fifth record, and then made the second round because everybody on the Clippers got hurt. And the Vegas expects them to be pretty similar. And so that's 44.5 if you want to go over, 46.5 if you want to go under. So we, we agree that the Portland Trailblazers is a well run uh, organization with a really good coach, right? Mm hmm. I'm just like, uh, by, by the way, I wanted to plug. I'm looking at the real GM uh, dev charts as we talk. It's, it's really nice. Yeah, it's, they do a great game. job. It's a really good tool. Like, And given their talent level and given that it was a young team, I mean, I would expect it to get this team to get better. The, you know, the, the now I'm talking about them 44. Uh, my projection has them anywhere 40 to 44. I think Vegas kind of nailed where their window is. Uh, who do you think is better, Portland or Memphis? Portland. I think Portland's better mm-hmm. because they're they're healthier, they're more resilient, and I would say overall they're deeper. So you know, like they they have they have more guys. So let's say it's at the center spot in particular. Like Portland can withstand it. They they did last year. They they had that, and you know Azili could be a big help for them if he can actually play. And then the other big thing, if you're going to be an optimist on Portland, is that they figured out some of their best lineups later in the year. Aminu at the four and all that kind of stuff. And so if they get more time with that and more development with that, it can really help. However, they had the benefit of some real big stuff, like everybody getting hurt around them, but they stayed relatively healthy, which is always a concern when you're healthier than the teams around you. And when a team has as good chemistry as they did, you always wonder if that's going to persist. So like, I, I, for me, this is a stay away more than anything else. I would, if I had to say, I'd say under, but it's because like 45 wins, 45, 46 wins for them would be a very good season. You know, like they, if they I, did that. So I'm going to, I'm going to do stay away, uh, like fade under. Yeah. I, I like the over a little bit, but I like it. I don't want to play it because I think Vegas kind of nailed the range. Uh, and, and the reason I like the over is like, I do like their depth. I mean, even if litter goes down, you can run the offense around. They've done it around McCollum. I like Alan Crabb. Uh, they added Napier. Um, they added Evan Turner. I like Ed Davis. I like Iris Leonard. They have some. I like Noah Vonley. Like the guy. They have like even if they. It's a nicely built team. Like if they lose pieces, even if they lost like Lillard, they can go at it a while with McCollum. Right. It's a really kind of interesting 
uh, setup for this team. But they're they're not they're not a team that I think can. I don't think they have the skills or the players to go to the 50 level, right? So I think where they were last year, probably a little better because of the home field. I think 45 is is probably if I if I had to pick a number, I would pick 45, which is right in the middle of the range. So I like the over, but I wouldn't bet it. What about the uh, the division for them? 2.8. It's all right. Uh, you know that you're when you're talking about that division, it's them, Utah, and OKC. And two point eight, two point eight is probably about right. And so, if it's about right, then I wouldn't bet it. Yeah. Uh, do we like their? Do we like Lillard for the MVP? What is it? He is forty to one. Ooh, forty to one. I I don't think I like that as much as Harden, but it certainly yeah. has a shot. Yeah, forty to one is interesting. I like Harden at twenty five to one, but I think Lillard forty to one is is interesting because he'll put it, up it, counting it, stats too. Like that. That's something yeah. that he'll do. And Portland could end up with a good record. So. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, Lillard forty to one. Basically, you're betting you're betting that that the Blazers win fifty get with fifty three fifty four games, and it's an open field. If that happens, they win fifty something games, and I think Lillard forty one is great is great value. Like if you, if you feel if you like the over on them, then yeah, if you like the, I would rather yeah, I would rather bet Lillard MVP than the Blazers over. Yeah, if, if I'm sitting there with Harden at twenty five to one and Lillard forty one, I think I'm in a good spot for MVP. I think yeah. that's, that's really good value. Clippers. Yeah, Clippers. So Clippers have been kind of hovering in this range. Last year they won 53. You know, Blake Griffin missed time due to due to various injuries and suspensions. And Vegas thinks they're going to be about the same. Their over is 53.5. If you want to go under, you can get it at 54.5. Now I got to them at 53. Um, my three projections are 50 for the last three years, 47 for the last year, whole year. And 60 for post-All-Star break, because here's the thing with that team is, like, once they got healthy and got rolling, they were really, really good. Uh, the other kind of caveat with this team is always, they always get hurt, and they're, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, and we have loads of data of this at this point, they're actually better when they're not playing with each other. So, like, yeah, the team they should, they, Paul, they, if they were staggered, they, they would be, they'd be a lot better right now. Yeah, but they, it's they, not going to happen. Because basically what happens is, like, when you don't have Paul, then you get, you get, Blake Griffin kind of doing more LeBron-style things and, like, running the offense through him, and that makes him better and more dangerous to guard. And it's the same thing with, when Chris Paul's there. Chris Paul's running the ball. It doesn't have to, like, work. So their pick-and-roll kind of doesn't work with each other. They actually work better, like, alone. I kind of feel the under on the Clippers because and, – and, again, here's the thing. The, the, that roster, right? So, so it's the difference between Doc the coach and Doc the Jr. Although Doc the coach, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm not – I'm not huge in favor, like particularly like with with his bench shop. I, I don't love it. So it, it's like once you get past that first level, that second level for this team is not great, right? So well, and, and their then their first level at small forward isn't great. Yeah, West Johnson and Paul Pierce and Luke and Bamute. Yeah, and then you're getting into Brandon Bass if Blake Griffin got hurt, which is kind of interesting. More speeds too. Um, well, and and their and their know. center spot is is horrendous if if deandre misses time but deandre's been a robot so that hasn't been an issue yeah but like well you don't like most beats not as a starter no he's, he's a, he's a uh, i've covered most baits i like him on a personal level but if you're asking him to anchor your defense especially if he's playing next to blake griffin the answer is no who's, who's diamond stone oh he's the guy they drafted in the second round i think he was he was taken either late 30s early 40s played for maryland oh, no. not bad but not good yeah, I mean, he, I, rookie, I think a rookie big man isn't going to do anything for them. 
again, I would go under and fade for this team because I think here's the thing. I think they, if everything breaks right, they can win more than 53 games. But we've seen that like nothing ever breaks right for the Clippers, and like they, they, somebody always gets hurt on this team. So I mean, I don't. I mean, they're gonna. I mean, yeah, they'll probably be fighting for the like the third seed, won't they? And like. Yeah, they could be fighting. They could be fighting for the second, depending on how the Spurs do. So I, I would fade the over because when you look at last season's number, I think that they could have done better than that, and I think you could argue they should. And while there is some real age-related regression that is possible, I think that it's. I think this is the, this is the year where they kind of put that part of it together. But again, I would say fade. I wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't touch it at all. And I, it also, unfortunately, if they were in almost any other combination of teams, I would probably like their division odds, but not in this one. Isn't this the year that the Clippers could blow it up? I don't think Doc has the guts to do that. If they had a different GM than coach, then yes. I mean, I, I, you know me. I wrote the piece saying the Clippers should trade Chris Paul before the deadline last year. Like I saw the writing when, on the wall does, for last year and this year. And when does the when does his contract run out this year? Both Chris Paul and Blake Griffin can opt out after after this season. So both, both Chris will. Paul and both will. So basically, we're 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 likely the the banana boat team is in play, and Blake is going to be like the like Blake's going to get a ridiculous contract that goes. And actually, here's the thing: I think Blake will actually be better somewhere else. Depending on, I mean, like there's a bunch of teams where he could like be better. Yeah, so like, Blake's going to get a full max somewhere. You know, no matter where it is, he's going to get a I mean, full max somewhere. And I think the Clippers are going to. Here's the craziest thing: I think the Clippers are going to offer both of those guys full maxes. But it's will they see the writing on the wall and understand that this team isn't going to, it's it's never going to be more than it is this year, whatever that is, and just say, okay, I want to assume thing else. Chris Paul, it could be Manbo, Blake, it could be Boston, you never really know. Wouldn't the Lakers basically, like, trade for Boogie and create space to sign Blake? It would be hard for them considering how recklessly they spent the summer, but it is possible. That's actually something I expected them to do a couple of years ago, and then they just didn't really materialize. I need to sit down because I think, like, I think there's if I if I was putting money down, I would. I don't think Chris Paul is coming back. That's the one that I, I, I think is a real possibility because let's I don't say think Chris let's Paul's say coming back. like okay, so if Chris Paul's defining success in anything close to a championship then why would he come back there? Because it's impossible for them to get better. They can they can stay the same, but they can't get better. And so if he's title or bust, then you either then you go to the East, probably, and you just find a team there that can make they can do a shot, or maybe you go to the Spurs. So maybe so maybe Chris goes to well, San Antonio's a place, the Knicks could be a place. And Blake, you know, and I'm gonna say this sound like Homer, but Blake would be a really nice fit on the Celtics. Yeah, I, I I mentioned that before. The other place for Chris Paul that I floated in my head is Chicago. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, because that he does solve that offense ball. I do. I don't think he's gonna. I mean, if I'm him, he's it's either gonna be like with Chris, he's gonna be the banana ball, or, or he could go Cleveland. to the Celtics because they could, um, they could clear space. I I don't think Danny Ainge would make that play, but I could see him I, considering it. I think based on the 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 players that they have on the Laker on the sorry on the Celtics. I think Blake's probably a more logical play for them, right? Do you, do you, want, I think the, do you want the absolute craziest Chris Paul destination? Where Minnesota? It would wow. work. Uh, it would if he if he can age well. That would be just monstrous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I two mean, years. That, sign, like you give him the full max, but you think it's really about those first couple of years. Play with Tibbs. I, I think. I think. I think. I think Chris Paul, if he if, if he leaves, it's going. to 
to be the play. Like that's what I keep saying. The banana. It's, he's gonna he's gonna somehow end up playing with either LeBron. He's gonna play on a super team. Like he's gonna go to a team where like he. He he's gonna be like you know, well, like and, that's why, and that's why the Clippers got screwed by the Cavs winning the title. Is now the Chris Paul for Kyrie thing is dead. You know the yeah. Cavs can't do it. Yeah, you know, no, no. I, I mean, I, again, I, I think the Clippers. But that, how awesome would that be for Blake though? Like if it still was on the table, or like even even if the Clippers had to throw in a little bit more, like that team well, with think, Kyrie and Blake would be awesome. What doesn't the team that gets Blake Griffin automatically become the second team, second best team in the East? That depends on who it is. If it's Orlando, then no. But you know, if it's if it's a team that's already a playoff squad, then yeah, probably. Yeah, and so the thing with and I think and I mentioned the thing with Blake is he'd be more interesting on a team without Chris because they run the offense through him. And I, I say he's, he'd be a great fit on the Celtics because you could basically have him run like run offense like he does without Chris Paul, and you've got shooters and you've got spacing. He'd be great he'd on Denver or, too. Denver. Uh, I think again. I think. I think he's more likely to go to a team where he can. He's more likely, like Blake and I think Paul are both likely to go to the East. Right? I think both those guys are going to go and like. I think everybody's just going to like. Be the, the effect of the Warriors is everybody's either going to sign with the Warriors or run away from the Warriors. I think that's. We can talk about that later, but like that's. I think the the, the hidden effect of that is I think people are going to be more likely to go to the East now. Yeah. Do you like? Do you like the? Uh, no, I don't like. No. 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 Do we, I actually, as I said, I think I like the, the probability. I think the Clippers of the team is going to get blown up this year. That's that's my my. I, my I, feel. I disagree with you, but I understand the logic of it. But let's move on to OKC, a team that also okay. I don't I don't expect to get blown up, but could. Or OKC won fifty five games last year. They lost a player who's okay, so they moved down forty three and a half wins if you want to go over forty five and a half wins if you want to go under. Wow, that, that that is a ten and a half win drop. That is the second largest drop on the board projected by Vegas. Number one was the the Heat uh, that lost Wade and Bosch. So I mean, like that's 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 kind of iffy. Um, lost Wade so, and Bosch and didn't really replace either. So Malachi says I'm a forty three. I project them anywhere from forty three to fifty three. Because, like, you know, um, they were really bad without Kevin Durant a couple years ago. But Westbrook has been a better player. Uh, he's, he's gotten better. Although, it's argument whether he's reached peak. Also, like, Steven Adams has gotten way better. I think Billy Donovan has actually shown he's actually knows how to coach in terms of, like, how to use size. He particularly showed it in the playoffs. So he's actually a better coach than, than Scotty was. I, I like Oladipo. Uh, I think they have a huge hole at small forward. It's a bit of a strange team for me in that who's shooting three? And I asked this before, who's shooting threes on this team? Russ is shooting him, but he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, Ersan Ilyasova might be the best three-point shooter in their starting five. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's kind of... Although, I mean, here's the thing. They're they're going to... If Donovan's smart, he's going to do the same thing he was doing with in that uh, the San Antonio series and the in the Golden State series, he's just going to go side. It's like I'm. I have tall guys. I have Jeffrey Laverne. I have Kevin Counter. I have Adams. I have I have dudes that are tall, right? And I'm just going to go at it. And you're going to have to figure out how you can beat me. And it's going to be. It's basically Donovan's best style is 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 a more dynamic version of what Memphis used to do, right? Which is kind of interesting. It's an interesting kind of way for them to actually be built. A lot of, of, of this will rely, like, I really like Oliva calling out, out of college. I think he's a talented guy. I think if he kind of goes to the next level, then I think Oklahoma's going to be really interested. That said, I'm kind of leaning 
I'm kind of leaning towards the under here. What I'm looking at when I, I, I say I want to fade the over with this, and it's, it's a really tough call, is because you look at two precedents from last year, and it's the Pacers and the, the Blazers. So both teams had a little bit more balance, let's say, than, than OKC does, but they were both propelled by one star player and then, you know, a pretty good team around them. And both Portland at 44 and Indiana at 45 won more than this under or one more than you would need to get it. And so, you know, I think that's there, but you also have to consider the possibility that this really doesn't work and that it, that it, it shakes out. And also there are Russell Westbrook injury from being completely irrelevant. So that is a serious problem. And he has gotten hurt ever, you know, not, not often unless Patrick Beverly's involved. So I lean that way for this year, but we'll, but we will really have to see. And they also have, you know, just, it, it's such an uncertainty when you lose a core player like him and also Serge Ibaka. I mean, we, we shouldn't discount that subtraction as well, especially when Oladipo is a question mark and Sabonis is probably not going to be much of a contributor this year. So, you know, I can see reasons why it would be under, but I'm fading the over. I'm really tempted to play the over on this because I do think that they figured something out in the playoffs. I don't know that it's necessarily still there, but a lot of that was was Cantor and 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 and, and Adams in particular. They're not going to miss a Baca. It's I think I'm going to go with you and go fade the over because Again, it, it's it's they were really bad. Like they they, they they had issues defensively. When you get into the Cantor Adams, it's not that Adams is bad. It's just like Cantor can't cover anybody, and and there are ways for you around that. But that's gonna be a problem here. And again, I don't know quite how this lineup fits yet. So I'm gonna agree with you and go over and fade. Do you like their division odds, three to one? It's all right. It's not great. I, I think that. I would say that Utah is is going to probably finish with a better record than OKC. It's certainly yeah, not. I that. It's not a clear cut thing, and I really do not like their conference or title odds because this team just isn't good enough to do that. No, they they don't have they don't have the depth of the talent to that. I'm looking at like MVP odds, and, and obviously, I believe Russ is Russ is going off at five to one to win the MVP. That's too strong for me. It's it's certainly a possibility, but. If it's five to one to me, you have to be pretty confident, and I'm not that confident. Yeah, you're basically saying like the only he's he's gonna need to win. Do we say he needs to win 50 games to win the MVP? He might need to win more. Might need to be like 53, 54. Because remember, remember that OKC won a lot of games last year, so people are gonna say, oh, you know, look look at that. They have they have talent. They you know were a heartbeat away from making the NBA Finals, even though they lost KD. So yeah, I'd and say, they lost Serge Ibaka. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, maybe in the right circumstance. So like 50-51 gets him in the mix. 53-54 gets him firmly in the conversation. Is he gonna? Is he? Is do you think he's gonna regret signing the extension? No, because that's a lot of money, and there, and he'll be able to. You know, if if he doesn't want to be there after this year, then he can get traded, and he's getting a and he's getting a huge raise this season. So, you know, and if. And it's not like he will have, you know, so like if, if Boston, let's say, if he doesn't want to, if he tells OKC, you know, I'm going to leave after this coming year, which he very well could if, if things don't work out, then they'll just trade him. And there is so much value to the trading team to have him say, I'm going to be here long term, because a year from that point, he can be an unrestricted free agent and they have no power over him. So he can actually limit his own trade market, which is a great thing when you want to be on a competitive team because it hurts your trade value. Agree, agree. Yeah. So let's move on to the San Antonio Spurs, who won 67 games last year, which is an, an incredible number. I mean, only 12 teams in NBA history have ever won 67 or more. 
and they lost Tim Duncan. They added Pau Gasol. Vegas expects them to take a major step back, which is justifiable. And it, so if you want to go over, you can get it at 56 and a half. If you want to go under, you can get it at 57 and a half. A couple of interesting things about the San Antonio team to, to consider is, and we haven't talked about it since the finals or, or since the playoffs. Uh, I mean, they were built, there's a team that was perfectly built to destroy teams as they were built in the modern era. And when Billy Donovan figured out, he has a team, he had a team full of seven footers, right? And it was a weird team full of seven footers that can actually do things. And they went at, San Antonio. Well, and San Antonio did, really didn't have the personnel to respond to that because they just weren't built to respond to it. That team of seven-footers really doesn't exist anymore because it worked because you had Durant, Ibaka, and Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams Kenner, which means you can, if you can run like... I don't think there's ever been a team in, in NBA history that could run like four seven-footers that could do things offensively and defense. Cantor is arguable, but like you could run four seven-footers out there that could do things, right, on both sides of the ball, and that's kind of rare. And they just... I mean, San Antonio just didn't have the size to rebound with that team. And, like, Golden State almost didn't have the size to rebound with this team. Now, that team doesn't quite exist anymore. Also, San Antonio is, like, not quite the team they were last year. Now, they lost him Duncan and replaced him with Pagasol, which is a really interesting thing because, you know, who is who, who is Pagasol now? And, and and I think I think I expect Pagasol to be better than he was last year because I think the first training staff knows how to keep a guy like him healthy. I worry that they maybe rely on him too much. I like they have like David Lee at it as well. well it, De- I, think, interesting... De- I think Deadman's the guy who could really help them. Yeah, Dwayne Deadman's uh, actually interesting as well. I mean, I like the roster. My, my worry with this roster is the same one that it's been for the last few years, even even despite the... I'm not worried about the big, big guys, the small guys. Parker and Ginobili, Ginobili obviously, like, it's the their career, but Parker just has never been the guy he was prior to him getting injured. In that uh, that that first Miami final, like that 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 injury after that injury, he just hasn't been the same guy. And really, you know, I like Patty, but I don't know necessarily Patty as a starter. So I'm kind of like at the spot. Could they ever trade Tony? Could they get anything for him? I have a theory with this, and it's that they that that after this season, if he wants it, they'll trade Tony to the Knicks. Possible. I mean, like I, I mean, I think they. Yeah, I mean, and, and then you. you but I don't think you're getting a whole ton in that way. Like, I don't think the Knicks, if they miss the playoffs, are going to give you their lottery pick for for one year of Tony Parker. But you get something. By, by the just to be clear, fifty fifty six and a half for the Spurs is free money. Like, you go fifty six and a half, you go over. Like, the, yeah, the, you. you the, I I would fade no, the over. I wouldn't play it, but that's just because of the uncertainty with this team. No, I think it's I think it's I think it's free money to go over because here's the thing: this team still has. So this team has Kawhi Leonard, Lamarcus Aldridge, and Pagasol, and Danny Green, right? Those four guys, then Kyle Anderson, Patty. Like, there's enough. Like this team, we're talking about, and we're not talking about 60 wins. We're talking about can they win more than 57 games and uh, 56 games? And I think that even without Tim Duncan, you know, when you have Kawhi Leonard, Lamarcus Aldridge, Pagasol, like, I, I think that's just. You know, it, it it's fine. I mean, like, yeah, I'm a little more bullish than like uh, Alan Calcos, but I do think that like it's given the coaching, given the the, the situation, uh, they're going to. They were way, 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 way better than a bunch of teams, just really better than anybody last year. I mean, they're gonna miss a couple of the guys in the second bench, but I think they're talented enough where I think 58 games shouldn't be a problem for them. I don't think 58 wins gonna be a problem. And they actually, I think they're gonna, they're gonna. My worry would be like, I don't know if they're gonna. They're not going to be in range of the number one seed this year. So I don't know how hard they're going to play. But I feel like I feel like 57 is just 
it feels low to me, you know? Uh, I mean, I think it's okay, but the, the, a, big, a big difference between this year's team and last year's team is that last year's team was so amazing defensively that they could win games even when they weren't scoring super well, and that's going to happen a lot less this year. They're going to have less of those great defensive games, and their offense will hum with their starting five. But Why, and, why, are, why, do, you, why do you think they're going to have less great defensive games? Because they replaced Tim Duncan with Pau Gasol. But Tim Duncan wasn't playing in the second half. Basically, Tim Duncan, after he got hurt about halfway through the season, he was basically not, he wasn't really playing. He was playing like maybe 10, 15 minutes a night. He wasn't really like Tim Duncan anymore. Yeah, like but he, I, I, he think had a couple... can, I think you can attack them also. I think teams are going to get more aggressive in how they handle Tony. You know, I think that they're going to they're gonna start to do that a little differently. And just the overall talent level, another big concern of mine with the Spurs, not not in the, you know, big in the big picture, but just kind of from a game-by-game game basis, is that their depth is a lot weaker. You know, this is a team that's going to be relying a lot on their, on their fringe guys. You know, Kyle Anderson, Jonathan Simmons were really on the margins last year. They're actually going to be important this year. Deadman, you know, I like him, but he hasn't really proven a whole heck of a lot. He's going to be important to this team. And we haven't seen the Spurs do that in a while. Like, they had the best bench in the league last year by a mile and a half, and there is a serious possibility that they don't this year. And the other big part of it is a big-picture question is, I am not sure whether Pop will be comfortable if Tony Parker really fades. Let's say it's him more than anybody else. I'm not sure that Pop is going to be willing to, at least in the regular season, let Mills finish games, and that could end up being a problem for them. But he, uh, here's the thing. All this stuff you're saying, like, he was, Patty Mills was finishing game, and Patty Mills was playing games when it was important at a lot of the points last season. That, that's he, one point. He, he, at some point. I'll give you the. I'll give you the. I'll give you the bench point. Well, you know, you know who the backup point guard was. The the the, the real. You know who the backup for Tony Parker really was. That's mine. No, it was it was Kyle Anderson who was sort playing of. backup point. He, he, he was had running, some weird stuff. He, he was running. He was running one with some of those lineups and like a lot of the time. So he was. I mean, again, here's the thing. I agree with the point that they're going to miss. Like the the fact that they had Dial, Tim Duncan, and Bo, uh, and and Boban coming off the bench on this team and was, David West. David West was kind of significant. By the way, did David West retire? Who the one no, after? We're going to talk about him on the next team. Oh, oh Christ! Oh God! Oh God! Yeah, I remember that now. Oh God! Oh God! Oh, that's going to be horrible. Uh, I just my, my brain just blank on that one. Yeah, that's, that's just mean. I'm less sold on it, but I think I think we're in the same general range. Like I think you, it's I mean, more, the, it's more likely than not that they win more than this, but I'm not totally sold on it. The thing is, the heart of their off, their heart of their defense, really is good. Is Kawhi, Danny Green, and Lamarcus actually kind of stepped up a little bit. So I think that that was the heart of their defense last year. These are the three guys who were getting it done. And then, like, the, the auxiliary pieces were there. I mean, they're going to miss Diaz's flexibility, but like, a couple of these guys were already kind of on the way out. Again, do I think that, like, Pop's team is going to be, like, 11 games worse than they were last year? And I have to kind of go and go, like, I, I don't feel it. I, I feel like the over on 56.5 is probably good. Here, here's, here's, okay. Here's the note I would make. I would say, like, I would like to maybe, I think that number maybe goes down a little more. If that number goes down to, like, 55 and a half, then it, it's an automatic, right? I think it's at the range where I have to think about it. Because, again, the, the, the issue is I don't know that they're going to be close to the one seat, so I, that might affect how hard they play at the end of the season. Yeah, I I think there's a very real chance that they get 53-54 and it's totally fine. You know that 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 makes zero difference to them if they're, you know, in that range. If the Warriors are, you know, far and away away from that, they the Spurs know that the regular season doesn't matter at all to them. 
and you know, if it looks like they're getting a 2-3 series with whoever the heck they want, I don't think they'll care about yeah, that. And we already saw, like, two years ago, you know, they they had a one-game thing to get to the to get to get the two-seed. Nope, fell to I the think, six. I think, I think what's going to happen is they're going to want the two-seed because they're going to want the Rockets and not the Jazz. Uh, it's, and I'm protecting, but that's that's kind of how I feel. Like, it's going to be, like, one of those spots where, like... Well, see, yeah, I, I, th- th- I, think, I think the two through four is going to be Clippers, Jazz, and Spurs in some order, and then the Rockets will be the five, and... I think I think it's gonna I think I kind of think it's gonna be Warriors, Spurs, Rockets, uh, Jazz. I think that's the way wow. it's gonna be because I think the Clippers are gonna be a little lower because I think like there's gonna be some. I think that really the Clipper thing is gonna go like you have you have Blake and Chris Paul on contract years and they both want to leave. I think that I think I think that's gonna get really really strange. I think it's gonna. Work. I, I think. I think it's going to be kind of explosive this year. That's my feeling. Is I just don't think it's going to work. So I right now I'm over and I'm playing because again I'm just saying like okay. I think I'm I might have to sweat if I'm doing that I might be sweating late in the season. But I think they're gonna I think like the the Clippers I think the Spurs are gonna have enough motivation that they're gonna to want to get to 57 wins. Because I think somebody's gonna be close to them. Whereas I think they're gonna to want to get the two seasons both getting the three seasons. Yeah, certainly possible. Ready to do, the do War- ready to do the Warriors. What do you have for the Spurs? I think it's yeah. the over. Do we like any of the Spurs for actually? Do we like do we like Pop for Coach of the Year if he's retiring? No. Maybe. Do we like Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. at twenty five to one? Not not better than Harden. Do we like Lamarcus Aldridge at sixty six to one? No. If anybody wins the MVP on this team, it's Kawhi. Okay, I agree with that. Okay, are we ready to do the Warriors? This is going to get interesting, folks. Okay. I'll, so I'll, I'll set the table. Warriors won. You know, modest seventy three win games last year. Lost the championship, they and then they added Kevin Durant. So the you know basically the the expectation is that they drop down because nobody expects to win seventy three games. So you if you want to go over, you have to get it at sixty six and a half. If you want to go under, you get it at sixty eight and a half. You are there selling a little bit. They they they, they lost the finals in a historic fashion. Okay, but they did. Yeah, this, the true one. Okay, so um, <laughs> let's talk about this. Uh, now, calculus has them as a nice, sturdy seventy-two wins. I have them anywhere from sixty-seven, actually no, seventy to sixty-two. That's that's the range I have. What's more interesting, and I, and I, and I put this note down for us, is they're seven to two. That means uh, two dollars gets you seven to win seventy-four plus games and a hundred to one to win every single game uh, in the season. This is kind of funky territory. Uh, this team is clearly better than. I mean, to me, they're clearly better than the team they had last season. I, I, which is weird to say for a team that won 73 games, but I think uh, they added uh, a couple key pieces. Uh, adding Kevin Durant obviously is a huge upgrade over Harrison Barnes. Uh, I think adding David West is better than what they had. Again, saying Harrison Barnes is probably the backup at the point at the power forward. And I like Sasha Pajulia, and I think Sasha Pajulia is a, a good. Def- he's been a good defensive player the last few seasons. I think he's comparable to what you're getting from Bogut, particularly since Bogut is not 100%. I'm a bigger fan of Andy Varejao. I thought he was really effective for them in spots. Again, the problem was like you didn't want him starting. Uh, and I think that like having him play, a, like having him be with the, the Golden State Warriors uh, training staff is going to be a good thing. I'm intrigued by, by De- De- DeVale, uh, DeVale McGee on a team that's actually uh, well-coached. I hesitantly want to say that this is a better team than you had last year. I don't even that think said, I don't even think there's hesitation. It's just that 
winning, you know, that, that, that team performed to the absolute apex of their ability. And so, you know, is there a step back from that? I think the, I think the over is a pretty obvious play. I mean, I think it's, it's over. You play, we, we did the same thing last year. Like, Oh no, they like, you know, remember last year it was like, Oh, they, they, they're going to step back from the previous year. Um, this team is clearly better than like I think we both agree that it's clearly better. So I think you, I think you play the over. Yep, I think the question I is I think I think the question is okay. So we're playing the over. What do you think about three and a half to one to win seventy four plus seventy? This is seventy four or more. So it's I, more I than seventy four. I don't like I don't like it in the sense that they're not going to be pushing at all. So one of the big dynamics from last year, and I know I, I know this well because I covered the team, was that. Part of the reason they were pushing for 73 is that they wanted it, but the other part was that San Antonio was so good that they that they had to chug all the way until April anyway. So they were doing that to get the number one seed, which was important to them for so many reasons, especially considering how just monstrous the Spurs were last year. This year, that's not going to be a concern at all. Like They might be 10 to 15 games clear of the entire league, and so that won't be a push. They can, whether that be full rest or anything else, but... The other point of this, and this is why it's play the over, is when they are a hundred percent, this team will wreck everyone. They are so crazy good at a hundred percent, even before they integrate everybody fully, that they will win games when they don't play well. Like they will beat yeah. good teams. They will beat great teams on days that it's, they're it's, off. It's underrated. Like adding David West and Zaja Brazilia is is underrated, and and I would. I mean, it's a point. It's a, I do think they have. Would you? Would would the bench on this team make the playoffs in the East? No. No. Well, I mean, so so the bench. So well, first of all, the bench is bench would be rough. But so the so the bench starting five would be Livingston, Ian Clark, Iguodala, David West, and whatever of the centers outside of Zaza Pachulia you like best. And so, I mean, that is a little bit cheating because Iguodala is in there, but he's not going to play starter minutes anyway. So I guess that is fair. But so you're comparing that to like, mm, I don't know who we had, who we had eighth in the East, but let's say it's like the Wizards. I mean, the Wizards have John Wall and Bradley Beal. Like those guys are quite good. They're the better at center and their bench is way better because instead of being the third string, it's the second string on a, on a decent team. So I think that they would be in the mix, especially if they had a good coach, which presumably they would, whatever coach we're saying that would be for the hypothetical Warriors bench. But I don't think the Warriors even have the best bench in the league. So I, I don't think that's, I don't think it's true, but it, you could, you could, you know, they'd be in the mix, but I wouldn't have them as a favorite. Like I wouldn't have them over it, the Wizards. It's better than last year's. And, I mean, it's better than, the, than that last year. And I think that underrated is they're going to get every bet that wants to chase a ring. That like gets bought out is going to well, come yeah, buy, buyouts are a thing, but yeah, and we really don't know who the buyout guys are going to be this year because uh, there's there are a lot of teams that are competitive, and then the the teams that are bad don't really have anybody that makes a ton of sense. Like there isn't a Joe Johnson this year on a team like the Nets. So yeah, you're right that 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 will be there, and that's kind of I think what the Warriors' 15th roster spot is for right now. But you know, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be that huge, and also. Unless it's a swingman, unless it's a two or a three, where they might actually have some minutes to burn, that guy's not going to get a ton of minutes. Like, you look at what Joe Johnson did on the Heat last year, you know, he was trying to rehabilitate his value as well. That situation isn't necessarily there for the Warriors, it's basically just ring chasing. And so, you know, they could get somebody decent, but I don't think it's going to be there. Also, because there are so many guys on long-term contracts now, like Tyson Chandler is not going to get bought out or somebody like that, so... 
that hurts too. Maybe. I mean, Tyson Chandler is the guy I thought. That, that's the guy you, you, you might be in play. I mean, I'm really, again, I'm really interested to see what Javale McGee is like on, a, on an actual coach. I hope job. he makes the team. I really do. He, he's, he's always been a guy, like, I've heard, like, when I've gone to things, we've been like, oh, no, he's, he's crazy talented. It's just, you know, he's crazy. But, like, on a team like this, it, it might actually, it's the Birdman thing. You know, Birdman kind of worked later on in his career. And I think JaVale could, could be that guy on, on a team like this. I, mean, I, I like that JaVale, like, his presence theoretically on the team makes them, I don't even know what the equivalent of a league pass for preseason is, but he does it for that. And then if he makes the team, he makes their garbage time team elite league pass material. What? Is he better than most faith? That's that's the question. Wow, this is going to be one of the craziest phrases I've ever said. He is less consistent than most baits, but, yes, but and he, he has, has and he has a higher he has a higher ceiling and he has a lower floor. Yeah, Javale McGee is twenty eight years old, so I mean, like you're you're basically and he has getting some him... scary injury history though. Yeah, but you're getting well. That's what I'm saying. You're getting he the, the best comparison for him is you're getting him in the Birdman role for the Heat, right? Yeah. Or for that Nuggets team, which is like you remember, like the first time like Birdman kind of started reaching his potential was that really good Nuggets team that made the conference finals, right? And and this is after all his trouble when he and he he had all the crazy he was waste and he came back. He had the same skills he had before. He was just a more mature player. If you can get the more a more mature Javale McGee on an actual good team, he could definitely be a guy who could be a great role player for the next five ten years. Yeah, right? I agree. So that, that's where it's like, it's intriguing. You've got Wes, you've got Andy, like center. I mean, like getting Zaza was a really big, really big deal because like, if you didn't have Zaza, then you'd be talking about Vajra as a different story. But like Andy, like if, if, if the, the, the training staff can get him healthy, where to like, you're getting him like 10 to 15 minutes a night, that those could be like a huge, because he, he Andy Vajra was a really good center. He can pass the ball, he can do things. I mean, the problem was, like, after a certain point, like, he couldn't get to stay healthy. But, but like, again, there's some depth concerns, but I think they did the best they could at addressing it. Um, I like them to win about 69, 68 to 69 games is what I think. Yeah, um, that's about where I, that's I, about where that, I have them, too. They're going to hit 65, and they just got to, like, take their foot off the pedal. Like, and their foot off the pedal, it, 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 it's still kind of, like, them in second gear is, probably going to be way too much for a team like teams coming into golden state are are going to be like out of it by like, like, like they play quarter. they play the lakers on the last day of the season i i don't even know what how deep they would have to be in their benches to to not lose to not beat the lakers yeah 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 no, i agree with that i mean i think that's it, it's a really kind of strange situation with that team like i mean i would like them to maybe get some more depth at the at the two but i think maybe that happens organically maybe they pick up some vets is that is what i think is gonna yeah, happen i think i think ian clark's gonna do well this year macaw is gonna look all right my bigger concern is the three just because they have two guys who both play who both they both really like and so they don't really have a garbage time small forward but i think they'll figure that out i, I think that's something that can be resolved over the course of the year yeah maybe you could all your backup your backup your backup shooting guard maybe you know, there are a couple. There are a couple. Of, I think. I think the backup two isn't a problem. I think Ian Clark's going to do well for them. Uh, you can always. You can always run Livington at the one, and then run Curry at the two, and then basically just cycle that. I mean, you can yeah, always you, run. You could Curry. Curry, Curry, Thompson, and Livingston. You could give them all ninety-eight, no, ninety-six of those minutes if you had to, and you could also slide Durant. As crazy as it sounds, like back to his old Sonics days, you could slide Durant down to the two if you had to. I don't love that, but I don't either. I mean, like, but if you had to, you could. I'd rather I'd rather ha- I'd rather move him to the four and then maybe like that's going to happen more. You'll move him to the four, have Draymond at the five, and then Iggy at the three. That's that's a better fit. Or like maybe that's even the go new, west. That's the new death lineup. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe go what like go west and 
you want to be mean, just go west uh, and green and and, 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 and like like Jaja, just to like like murder people for like a quarter. And just not let not let anybody score. Is there anything else we have missed? Do we okay? Hold, actually, before we go, that MVP odds. Do we like the MVP odds for any of? So Curry, I'm seeing at three and a half to one. It's all right. I'm seeing Kevin Durant eleven to one. That I like better, just because the difference between them is so big. Like I, I think Curry is a bit is a more likely MVP, but you know, having it at two and a half times, I could I could see Durant because Durant's going to put up some crazy numbers this year. Yeah, Durant Durant with an actual point guard could be really interesting. Yeah, with, with, with a point guard who wants to pass him the ball. Yeah, the last time he played with a guard who was actually effective at getting him the ball is like when Harden. Harden was a point guard on that team. Harden was a guy like that. that, that like I remember, like the thing that made that team scary was like when you got Hart had Harden and Durant on the ball on the on the, on the court, and just they could blow just destroy blow up defenses because they could just like overload it. And I think that's just going to happen, and I think their, that's offense, the their offense is going to be unbelievable. It's it, I, it's going to just. Do you like Durant eleven to one or Harden at twenty five better? Harden, I think, is is probably the best is probably the best of those bets. I'm not sure that I love love any of them just because it's so uncertain this year. But I like Durant, so like it, of the of the ones I can remember off the top of my head, I think I'd probably go Harden is the my favorite. Maybe Lillard forty one. Lillard, Lillard. No, I'd probably go Durant second. Lillard. Th- or no, Lillard third and LeBron fourth, maybe something like that. And Curry's right around there too. I I, I love the, the Harden thing. I think the Harden yeah, thing Hard, the Harden's the best one. I think that's that that's gonna be so, like it's gonna be one of these arguments. Oh no no! And, 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 it, and it. as crazy as it sounds, the Warriors basically being one to two to win the conference, I would I would consider that as well. Like that's how good this team is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, not a lot of. What do you think of the eighty? Like the 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 title bet, which is almost uh, it's not one to one. It's like below. It's like a only little uh, bit. It's a little bit below fifty. I'm okay with that. I, I think that their I think that their title odds are a little bit better than fifty percent. So I think that's about right. But I've tr- I've tried many times to think about what it would take for them to not win the conference, and they're getting really close to the Cleveland thing. Which last year I said with Cleveland that if they lost any, you know, if they lost multiple starters other than LeBron off that team, they would still win. I think the Warriors could lose any one of their starters or any two that aren't Durant or Curry and still win the conference. They could lose Durant and Curry and win the conference. Maybe. It would be rough. It depends on when it happened, and it depends on who you're playing. But it's it, it's if you lost both of them. If you lost right? both of them, then so then you'd be playing Draymond, Zaza, Iguodala with hope, play. and you'd have hope, and you'd have hope field, and and, and so who is this? You'd probably start Ian Clark. Yeah, if you're I playing, could see, I could see them beating the Clippers and beating the Spurs. If you, yeah, Spurs they be, I don't think they'd be the favorites, but they certainly could. It'd be like I wouldn't I wouldn't like that if you're playing. Utah. If you're playing Utah or you're playing San Antonio because they're guards, you can probably make up some of that. But like, well, you, can, you, can, you can just put Danny Green. You can just put Danny Green and Kawhi and just wreck all their perimeter offense. Yeah, that's that's kind of like. So yeah, no, it, it it would be like because I, I'm basically saying if you had a field, you you'd need some luck to to do it. But it wouldn't like I wouldn't like discount their odds even if they lost both of them to the finals. It's insane. I, I would. Yeah, it, it's. Because again, I, I really like Draymond, and I think Clay can step up in certain spots. So yeah, so, Clay and scored. Got, I think Clay oh. scored thirty-one or uh, scored thirty-one points per game in the Portland series, something crazy like that. So I mean, he he can take that look. Yeah. So the, I mean, like 
by my numbers, the, the Warriors have three guys who've been the best player, at some point been the best player in the league. Right. So they, they've got Curry, they got Durant, and they got Iguodala, who like and, and actually Iguodala also like some of the other advancements. Like, so that that's kinda unfair. And 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 you know, you add guys who are just also really good around that. And this is probably the the highest odds a team has had to win the title before the season that I can ever recall. Right, because I, I don't think there's a clear rival in the West that can stop them. And I think, like, there, there, there's no, it isn't like us, like, no, they're San Antonio. There isn't that team yet. I think Utah can go into it, but I don't know necessarily there yet. Well, so uh, so I, I made a prediction on on Wednesday. I, I said, I all it's only been on Lockdown Warriors, my own my show, but I said that the Warriors are going to lose five or less playoff games this year. I buy that because I, I, think, I think here's the thing. I think that while... So basically, I think that like the bottom of the playoff rung got higher. The teams two through five got weaker, right? So I think I think the the Warriors got better, but like the I think the Cavs are worse this year. They're, they're less deep. I think San Antonio is worse. I think uh, Oklahoma is worse. I think the Clippers. I think the Clippers might take on the Clippers. I think the Clippers have a time limit, and I don't. Th- think they also good. can't beat this Warriors team at full strength. Right. They absolutely it's a, can't. They just don't have the players for it. So, like, has any did any of the contenders get better? Like, I think the the the, the hope was Boston. So, I mean, Boston. Boston is a team that is relevant, and Utah. Like, Boston and Utah could both take some games from the Warriors. Yeah, Boston and Utah. I agree with that. Boston and Utah take take some games from the Warriors. So can the Cavs. But again, I think the Cavs. The problem with the Cavs is like I don't. I didn't think LeBron had that level last year. And he proved me wrong. And I think, and again, the problem is like, also, I think this team is like, it's demonstrably worse than they were last year. And I think that the war is demonstrably better. I think the Celtics needed to get, I, okay. I think the Celtics are going to trade for one more guy. I've thought that for a while too. They have the assets and I think, and I I forget the guy who did the article. Um, Remember the article about trade partners? So that that's why I think that like maybe Blake makes some sense for Boston because like Boston and and, and the Clippers talk. It, it could be Gallinari. Right? So I, it could be Gallinari. That's one I've thought of. I don't know, but like I mean, I I think they want somebody a little like Gallinari is a little like second. They need somebody first here, and I, and I think first here is 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 maybe Russell if he's unhappy, which I don't think necessarily is going to happen. I think Butler if the Chicago situation gets weird, or I think. Paul or Griffin, and I think Griffin's or Paul, the or Paul George if that goes badly. Yeah, th- those are the guys. I mean, I think those are the guys who are in play, and they they have the assets to do it. So I think Boston's the like if I'm picking somebody from the pack, and this is not me me being a Boston homer. I think Boston's the team that has the assets to maybe put together a challenge. I think them. I think I don't think I don't think Oklahoma. I think San Antonio. Is there any way San Antonio can get can get somebody like Chris Paul this year? No. Yeah, I don't think they don't they don't have the play. So, I mean, Utah, if they can jump a level, like if Rudy can jump a level, then maybe. But I just don't think I don't their, see their Utah offense pick. isn't their offense isn't vibrant enough. The guy that they need to jump a level is Rodney Hood. If Rodney well, Hood no, can become a top twenty guy in the league, let's say theoretically, then that becomes then they become a, a worry. But the, here's the thing: we know this historically. If the Utah Jazz jumped the level and came close to being as good as the Golden State Warriors, 
they're, they'll still lose in the playoffs because it's the first playoffs and they won't get any calls. So if they make the conference finals, it'll be like when 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 okay, see made the finals. Yeah, but like, I could see them taking. I could see them taking at least two games, maybe even pushing it to a game seven. Yeah, I, I, they can do that. But I, I, but but they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't get it. The Timberwolves aren't ready. So I'm, I'm just like kind of looking at this. I'm like like who could challenge the Warriors? I mean, if Cleveland managed to get somebody to come to them, so let's say Bosch is if they got a buyout guy. It's not going to be. It's I not going to be Bosch, but if they got a buyout guy, they that, could. That's apparently who. That's apparently who they want. But I, I, that's. I mean, like they, they they need to get a guy. Or if the Celtics can like trade for somebody, and I'm going to look at somebody else who who also we like in the. Those East, those are really the only teams to me. The only teams that could even get up to that level realistically: Boston because they have the assets, Cleveland because they're already really good, and. The Jazz slash Spurs, just because they have enough talent and and all that kind of stuff, but it's going to be tough, you know. Like I, I think the the real challenge for them could come theoretically in a Jazz series, but I don't think that's really a threat for them to win as long as they're close to full strength. And then the finals will be a little bit of a slog, especially because both those teams play well at home, you know, whether it's the Cavs or the Celtics. But you know, the Warriors are still if they're if they're a hundred percent, they're overwhelming. And why this is so terrifying for the rest of the league is that. The Warriors can get through the first two rounds of the playoffs, depending, assuming it's the bracket I think it's going to be, or even close to it, without working too hard. Like, this is what's so crazy. Like, this is a team that will only need to bring their A game five, six times this year to win the title going away. Who do you think is it? So, who are they getting in the first round? Minnesota? Oh, there are a lot of. The eighth spot in the West is wide open. Memphis? Yeah, they're going to get They're going to either get, like, a team that's too young and happy to be there, like Minnesota. Or somebody like Houston. Or, the, I'm sorry, I, think the worst, like I think the worst case scenario for them is Minnesota, just because Minnesota has a versatile switching big and they have Tibbs. So like that, yeah, they, 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 that's what they don't want. It, unless we're saying they, Utah falls to eight, but that's not realistic. Minnesota's a team that you don't want in the first round because I think Carl Anthony Towns. I, I I think Carl Anthony Towns. There's like a there's like a twenty percent chance he's the best player in the league this year. Like, what, are his, what are his MVP odds? If I, I it's if it's a hundred to one or worse, I'd consider putting some money I, on I, it. I think he can top five, but I, 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 I Anthony Towns is sixty six to one. To okay, win I wouldn't league. touch it at sixty six. If it was like a hundred, I would have done it. But yeah, I love that guy. I love that guy so much. If I if I can get him to thirty to one to top three, that 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 that's a good bet because I think he's I think he's it's gonna be one of these seasons where like he's gonna be really good and he's gonna get votes. But nobody wins the first time. Like even if he like, unless he's like just insane and they win fifty games, right? And and and, and I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, I agree with you. Like Minnesota's a team that like because a couple other things like if you get Minnesota in the first round, you're also getting Rubio, who's a really good defender, and you're also getting a Tibbs team. Like they have enough bigs between Deng and 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 and, and Cap to actually. You know, it's it's a it's a weird matchup. Well, and they if they got the Spurs, that would be a tough matchup for San Antonio too, because they can stop a lot of their dribble penetration. They're stable enough defensively, and they have bigs that can do pick and pop. So that could be a really big problem for them. I think New Orleans. No, no, no. I think probably. I'm going to say probably Dallas or Minnesota is probably your likely first round, or maybe Memphis. There, there are a lot of there are a lot. I think even you know as as much as people don't necessarily think of it this way, I think Sacramento could get there. You know, I, there are a lot of teams. The, uh, the eight, the eight spot's pretty open. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the first round is good. like second round is going to be something like Houston, or I think it's going to be Houston or or or, or 
it's going to be Houston, the Clippers, or... I, I think it's going to be the Jazz. I think the Jazz are going to have a little bit of a less less strong regular season, and but they'll be the second best team. You know, they'll be the, and we'll all be circling that series in the as the second round series. Yeah, yeah. The, wor- the worst case scenario for the Warriors, and it's a possibility, is that the team they want to face the that that of the three teams they face in the West playoffs, they're happiest with the Western Conference Finals if they go Minnesota, Utah in the first two rounds. And then they get like the Clippers, and they're like, oh, we can breathe easy. Yeah, uh, I, you know my opinion. I don't think the Clippers are going to be sporting Chris Paul and Blake Griffin by the end of this. Yeah, I we'll think that's mine. It makes too much sense for them to move them for assets because if they don't move them for assets, then what the hell do the Clippers have if they lose both those guys? You're you're thinking about it too logically, and that's you know when, to, when, have... when when the coach is the GM, you get into these circumstances where teams hold on to their guys for too long and apparently pay their okay, sons so too much money. Let's recap the West real quick before we close out. Okay, so on the West, I went. Over on the Lakers, I went under on the Pelicans, I went over on the Jazz, over on the Rockets, and I went under on Memphis, and over on San Antonio, and over on Golden State. You, my friend, went over on the Nuggets, you joined me and over on the Jazz, and over on the Rockets, and under on the uh, Grizzlies. And over on the Warriors, we also liked. I liked Alvin Drenches, the first coach fired. Uh, Can you bet think, on that? Yes, that, that. But that's not. That's not. That's not posted yet. But it's going to be posted when the season starts. Uh, they they always have first coach fired. I think, uh, uh, if I, for example, NFL does that too, and I think it's Rex Ryan was from last up I checked. We both like uh, Quinn Snyder at sixteen to one to win Coach of the Year. We like the division odds for Houston. We love. I love Harden at twenty five to one to win the MVP. I, I like it. I also like Clifford uh, for Co- Clifford at fifty one for Coach of the Year. Yeah, but that was, that was for sure. And then we like we like KD at eleven to one. I think those are the the, the things we do. We like anybody for Rookie of the Year out of the West, or we just I, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, and we think the Warriors are like like if the odds on the Warriors drop significantly, if they're any at any point they're one to one or better to win the title, then that's yeah. yeah assuming that it's it. not based on a, a like a catastrophic injury, yeah. Well, even if it's just one catastrophic injury, if, like the guy's out for three months, I, I still think it's yeah. You, well, you, no, you what I would say is catastrophic means that guy's not going to play in the playoffs. Like that catastrophic means playoffs. It doesn't mean anything else. Like if they're if they're full strength going into the playoffs, then that that's all that matters. Yeah, they okay. could they could win the title from the eight seed. They're not going to be at the eight seed, but they could. Yeah. So we will, as we said, we will recap this at some point in the season. Yeah, uh, pro- probably early April, late March. That's what we did last year. That was fun. And, and looking forward to the season. We're about, ooh, we are about a month away. So excited. So excited. So excited. Okay. Well, thanks Thanks again for taking the prodigious amount of time it takes to prep this and then to do it. But it's, it's one of my favorite things of the year. No, I love it. It's like it's my first uh, sit down and just start like digging through the NBA stuff. It's great. You get a lot of out of it. So it's fun. Thanks, uh, a, lot. Talk to you, Danny. thanks a lot, my friend. Thanks again to Arturo Galetti for taking the time to do this and the Eastern Conference over-unders which is so much fun to do and a, a really clarifying experience. And for those of you who enjoy this, you can also listen to Dunked On. Around the same time, Dunked On was actually a couple days later. Nate and I did over-unders with that. And one of the interesting things is that they use different numbers just based on the chronology because Nate's been traveling in Europe. So did it differently and didn't have the windows that Arturo, Arturo gets because he's a little bit more active in those circles, I guess is the right way to put it. So had a lot of fun with that and MVP odds, coach of the year, everything like that, title odds. And so this is a less interesting season for some of those, but having a wide open MVP race definitely does change 
that part of the discussion and w- had so much fun doing that. So ho- hopefully you enjoyed it. Still have two divisions to do for the capsules. We'll probably be recording one of those two this week. The other one, at some point before the season starts, still working on timing for that, just really seeing how all of this other stuff works out. And already have a podcast recorded with my friend Tim Bontemps of the Washington Post, kind of a tier thing, which is an analog to the podcast I did with Adi Joseph early in the offseason, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to do it, was to get an early take and a late take on it. So that will come out at some point, you know, in the next couple weeks as well, just figuring out when the gaps are. And while Real GM is technically a weekly podcast, if I have more content at certain points, I will put it out there because I know that at some points it will be less frequent. And one of the things that's different about Real GM Radio is that I do not like doing a reaction podcast right after the season starts because that is a time that is more prone for our hyperbole. So we'll probably do something like I did last year that's a little bit different in that window and then wait probably till about two weeks in to sink our teeth into that sort of a circumstance. So I hope you're enjoying that and everything else. And I have a lot of other content that's coming out there, mostly in written form, but also in audio dunked on getting more frequent now. Also locked on warriors is going strong. So that's five days a week. New episodes come out Monday through Friday, though more accurately, it's Sunday night through Thursday night and mix of solo episodes and guests and have done some great things recently and really proud of it. It's my goal is for it to be centered on the Warriors, but be accessible to everybody. For example, the episode that came out this Tuesday was on a theory that I have on how you build benches that was tailored in a way to the Warriors, but was designed to be something that anybody could listen to. So you can take a, you take a shot at that or many other ones and hope you're really enjoying that. Also had writing coming out for The Athletic on the Warriors, for the sporting news on various topics, and had a new CBA encyclopedia piece on the designated player provision which is one of those topics that is often misconstrued and misunderstood. And so it was a natural fit for the CBA Encyclopedia, which is coming back strong. The tentative goal is to do a piece every two weeks or thereabouts to a month, let's call it. And so if there is a topic that you really want me to hit there or somebody else to hit for the CBAE, let me know, because that is a great way to get an idea. I'm going to do the long-term injury exclusion in the very near future, have a start on that piece, haven't finished it yet. Hope to actually hope to have that by the start of the season. Have to have that done because it's there are some sadly some direct parallels with that. Some people we need to talk about. Chris Bosh being the most obvious. So we'll see how all of that works out. Any input you have on this show or any other good, bad, or indifferent, you can send me on Twitter at Danny Larue D A N N Y L E R O U X or Danny Larue NBA at Gmail dot com. Read everything. Respond to what I can. And really do enjoy it. And if you like this show or any others, there are a few things you can do to help out. You can subscribe and download every episode. You should do that with this show and any other ones that you like because that is very important for our metrics and make sure that other people can get in touch with it. Also, leaving a rating and review on whatever podcast player you like. iTunes is preferred because their rating system really cares about that. But really, whatever you use, want to do it that way. So uh, that would be really appreciated. And also... Using our sponsor for this episode, it is the fantastic Blue Apron. I'm such a believer in their service. That's a big part of why I'm so thrilled to have them as an advertiser is that I legitimately love their product. So you can go to blueapron.com slash realgm, get three meals for free, including free shipping. And that is another way to support the show. You can also, through word of mouth, whether that be literal word of mouth or through the internet, 
whatever you use to communicate with people if you like something and think other people would like it as well. In all honesty, whether that is something I do or something anybody else does, that is a very good way to spread the word. So that is appreciated as a way of doing that because podcasts especially are communicated through word of mouth in the early days and then hopefully momentum can begat other momentum, but you have to really know for sure. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm 